on this show, we're always talking about the wait for that one big break, right? Everything that we've been prepping for, everything that we've been practicing for, just waiting impatiently for the sound of that starter pistol, that moment where we can finally put everything that we've learned into practice, that moment where the world can finally see what we've been working on. Today, I want to talk about what that moment is actually like, what it's like to finally, to finally get that gig. What does it feel like to finally be on that set, to finally be doing what it is that you've wanted to do for years? And for most of us, we've been waiting a long time to get to that point, right? And I think we should celebrate that point. We should really sort of examine the steps that it takes to get there. We should really sort of savor those moments because it happens so quickly. It happens so quickly. And I think most of the time to most people that have that moment, they don't even realize they are having it. Uh, and it isn't until you have hindsight. It isn't until you look back on it and you sort of examine the mindset that you were in to get that job. You examine where you were at the moment when you got that phone call, right? And so I don't want the show to just be about the prep. I want the show to also be for those of us who have actually done something, for those of us who have actually got to that point. And then what, right? What happens after? What happens after you get cast on that TV show? What happens after you do that movie, right? Our lives are set. <laughs> Never have to work again. Never have to worry. You're always going to get a call. Your agent and your management's always going to pick up the phone, right? I don't know if that's the case. And, uh, you know, I wanted to get someone on the show. I wanted to bring someone in that has that experience, that has had that moment. And today's guest is perfect for it. Dana DiLorenzo. Now, if you guys don't know the name, have you ever seen a show called Ash vs. Evil Dead? Right? If you're a horror nerd like I am, Sam Raimi literally is like chapter three in the Bible of horror, of like American horror cinema. And when I heard that he was going to be doing the Evil Dead TV show, it wasn't a remake, it wasn't another director, I heard that he was going to be directing at least the first episode of that show. I was really excited. And if you're a huge Bruce Campbell nut, right? Bruce Campbell's coming back as Ash. I mean, Army of Darkness was such a fucking fantastic movie. So then the big fear is, how are they going to do the show? What's the rest of the cast going to look like? Who are they going to be? Is, is, is it still going to have that same vibe? Um, and it did. It really did. And the pilot of that, the, the pilot of that show is fucking amazing. I love it. Um, and Dana was cast as the lead. Actually, I think she's more of a lead than Ash. More because she's like the next generation on this show. I think, spoilers, I think uh, she plays his daughter, right? Which is kind of cool. Which is pretty awesome. So, I'm super excited to have her on the show today. Uh, we're actually lucky to get her on the show today, and we talk a little bit about how that happened. <laughs> and uh, she's a ball of energy, and uh, a really exciting ball of energy, and a really cool person. I'm very happy to have met her, um, and honestly, I'd love to work with her. So, we'll see. We'll see what the future holds with that. But, if you haven't noticed, we're trying something new. We're actually beta testing, right? This would be considered beta, test beta testing, right? for this or is it alpha testing it's testing <laughs> we're actually testing uh videotaping the show 
uh, but it was a last minute idea, right? I didn't get any fancy new gear. I kind of pulled out what we had kicking around the house. It's still just me and Liam doing this thing. Um, and so when you watch the show, the beginning of the show will be videotaped. Essentially, full disclosure, because we didn't have time to light it, I didn't have the gear to light it. So we're using natural light and the conversation is fucking great. And it goes for a while and literally the sun goes down. <laughs> So, uh, you're welcome, by the way, that we did it. You're welcome, by the way, that you get to see the sexy man's profile <laughs> on camera. And uh, I just want to say, like, I'm super happy that you guys are continuing to support the show. We were looking at the numbers because this episode will come out maybe a week from now. So, we've been looking at the numbers for the past two episodes. And Mike Ambrose's episode broke all our records. Uh, like people consistently love that and you guys have spoken you guys love shows about lighting you guys love shows about uh lighting technicians and fuck man you guys killed it everybody's been reposting on that show and if you haven't seen it yet if you're a newcomer if you're coming here because of dana's name and you want to know what the fuck's this show about go to the catalog and if you go to the official website go to inloveoftheprocess.com there i've curated all the episodes by topic by directors by actors by artists and I know at this point, we're about 68 episodes in, uh, 69 episodes in. So sometimes it can be a little daunting when you're looking at that queue on um, iTunes, if you listen to it on iTunes, or on Spotify, if you're listening to it on Spotify. Worry not. You don't have to listen to the show in any sort of sequence or any sort of sequential order. Uh, you can, I, I suggest you probably go listen to episode one because I kind of set everything up. Um, but then after that, you can cherry pick where you want to go, man. And we try to have a very diverse, uh, group of guests on the show. We try to talk about a lot of different things. And I think the one thing that they all have in common is that we're talking to people who said goodbye to that nine to five, right? We're talking to people who have decided that they're going to give all, they're going to give everything they got to chase a dream and follow that dream. And... The show is about how do you survive that? And not only how do you survive that long, grueling, bipolar fucking torture session that you've signed yourself up for. It isn't just that. It's look around, examine where you are, see how things are done. I get being hyper-focused. I get that eagle fucking glance. Like you're looking straight ahead and you're like, I want to be a fucking director. But through this process, if you go PA, if you go work on stuff, look around, see what other people are doing, right? Because you never know. You never know. You might fall in love with a different job. You might want to do something else. And the show isn't just for filmmakers, man. And it's not just for actors. It's for photographers. It's for musicians. It's for anybody. Like I said, anybody who has decided to take that risk. And what do you do? Where do you go? And if you're here expecting me to give you tips and tricks, or if I'm supposed to tell you the thing that gets you fucking hired, then you're in the wrong fucking spot, dude. Because I don't know. All I can do is tell you what I do right now, or what these people have done. That's it. And the thing that kind of sucks about our business is that there's no formula. There are no steps to this, right? And it's consistently changing. It's like the melting ice caps, man. It's moving all the time. So. Just because someone did a series of steps to get to where they need to be, doesn't mean it's gonna work for you. And we talk about that on this episode today. We actually talk about how Dana got cast on Evil Dead. We talk about the mindset she had when she went in for the casting session. 
and how that got her the gig, how that changed everything for her. Uh, and we also talk about the future, right? Like, what's it like to be an actress, to be a lead? I think there were three series of that, sh- uh, three uh, seasons of that show. What to be? What is it like to be a lead on three seasons of a show for stars? A show that everybody watched, and a show that has rabid fucking fans, man. Right? That must have been stressful. So we get into all that stuff. Talk a little bit about acting. Talk a little bit about filmmaking. I learned some shit about Sam Raimi. If I couldn't like that dude any more than I already do, hmm, after this episode, I want to get him on the fucking show. I want to get him on the show. So that's the deal. And as always, thank you so much for following us on Instagram, either following me at Mike Petchy on Instagram or following the process at In Love With The Process Pod. That's In Love With The Process P-O-D on Instagram. There you can write to me. You can send me ideas. You can send me stuff. We have also been setting up, and Liam has been running the subreddit. And what's our subreddit again, Liam? R slash In Love With The Process. There he's actually doing uh discussions after each episode we're posting supporting materials up there like if you guys want to get deep if you want to dive deep into this stuff that's where you go we want to start to build a community there we want to start to build the conversation right if you think i'm full of shit if you watch a show and you're like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about michael and you go on and don't ever call me michael by the way my mother calls me michael and i will never respond to an email which you call me michael go fuck yourself if you call me michael but you can go on there and say hey mike i got i think you're full of shit and here's why here's my resources and here's everything that i that i that i know about this business and i'll probably tell you to go fuck yourself but at least we're having that conversation together man and we'll have that there at subreddit and if i'm not there talking about it then liam will be there talking about it and uh if there's someone that that thinks he knows more than i do it's that kid so you guys can get in <laughs> you give me a finger for it, man. Uh, so yeah. So thanks for following all this stuff. And I don't want to hold out too long on this. I just want to really get into this episode. And uh, so if you've been listening to the show, you know the deal, right? Grab those noise-canceling headphones. Maybe you can uh, write to one of those headphone manufacturers that exist out there and tell them to sponsor this fucking show, right? Perfect. Look at this shot. Grab those noise-canceling headphones, sit back, relax, and enjoy the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. Dana, thank you for being here on the show. Thank you for having me, Mike. Hi, Zan. <laughs> I, I have to say this right off the bat. I think our communications via email have been fucking fantastic. I, they really have. Yeah. Should, I, 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 I'm with you on that. Yeah. I was like, this is the best email exchange uh, as with soon someone as you, I don't know. Well, because you never know. When you're talking to talent, you're talking to actors, you never know what you're going to get. You never know the ego. You never know that kind of stuff. So your first set of emails, I was just like, I got to hit this fucking person on the show. It's going to be good. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, good. I'm glad. That's good to know. Usually it's people are like, well, I'm still reading it from last week because it's worn pieces. I love the little gifts that you made me and the little graphics that you made me. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, because, uh, sorry, as I immediately choke on myself, that's just what happened. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> the your your um, image. What am I trying to say? The your 
graphic. Thank you for the show. It mm-hmm. um, reminded me of that the moment um, from Evil Dead, from Ash vs. Evil Dead, from yeah. Sam's Sam Raimi's episode, yeah. where the thing's going in the eye, my, the the fingernail from the dead eye is going in my eye, and I saw that. <laughs> I'm like. Hey, I got you a new graphic. <laughs> um, but I forget I put something on it. There was some joke about it. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great. Yeah, I loved it. I loved yeah, I was I, it. Was super excited. So easy. And um, yeah, I'm so glad. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad I happened to see how you reached. I think it was like what? Instagram or Twitter? Instagram, or something, yeah. Which yeah. I never. I'm like, I, know. I am honestly a boomer, I think, because I avoid looking at my phone like it's an ex boyfriend that lucky. I never want to say. Yo, truly, that's why it was like, this was meant to be. <laughs> like, my friends know that there's just, I don't even respond to texts half the time. So, like, they'll send me something on Instagram and, and it'll be from seven, eight, nine weeks ago. <laughs> and like, I'm just not even gonna. I, so, it was meant to be. Yeah, I'm pumped. I, I'm super excited. I'm so happy to be here. Um, so, uh, the audience should know who you are at this point. Well, I, mean, I think we better tell them, considering <laughs> I don't think <laughs> my Come. own family, half of them don't even remember. Remember my name or whatever. So please. Come on. You were the big player on Ash versus Evil Dead. I mean, was, what a Kelly, fucking yes, great Kelly, show. Kelly Maxwell, female sidekick. It was fun. It was the, I mean, what a wild ride. I miss it so much. I especially miss it. Um, I was just saying this the other day. I especially miss it right at this time of year because we actually shot that show in New Zealand. In oh. Auckland, New Zealand. Because when you think Detroit, you, <laughs> you think, think New, New Zealand. Zealand. <laughs> Land of... <laughs> beautifulness everywhere and everywhere you look is a postcard um but it was always right around now that we would go and um i think that when was the last time we went was 2017 i I believe yeah yeah it was the last year we went so i um and i i just miss it so much right now and i never thought i would say this but um I miss getting covered in blood and guts and viscera. I really do. Right. But at the time, like, it's so funny. I, I, I actually did a, a takeaway from it, which is, you know, when you're, when you're going through stuff and it's hard and it's, you know, uh, whatever you, all the things, right. It's mm-hmm. challenging and, and exhausting. And, you know, when like Bruce would laugh about having, um, uh, new kids, quote unquote, as he called us, to take he's like to take the pressure off because he said Sam has been torturing me for thirty years. Oh, I want to get so into this. So he's like, yeah. I'm just glad we have some new blood that I don't have to get all that blood on my face and shit. And I and it's and so anyway, and it's not the blood going on that's the problem, except when it's a blood cannon in your eyes that you have to keep open or else you see it coming and it ruins the shot. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's it's not pleasant, but it's people think it's sticky, which it is in a way. But what no one talks about is in five minutes. You're freezing. No, well, beyond that, that's true too. But no, no. It, but in five minutes, it turns into like a, a wax kind of hard <laughs> substance. So it, it always was like that scene in 40-Year-Old Virgin. I always think of Steve Carell because then all of a sudden, someone would call my name five minutes after. And you're like, Dana, we're ready for a... And I go, huh? And turn my neck. And I was like, ah, oh, Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> Because it, imagine like getting, I'm not talking band-aids. I'm talking chunks of skin, like skin being ripped. So here's what was genius about it. I think it's just a whole ploy by Sam Raimi because guess what happens? What? It hurts so much. And, and by the way, uh, I I lost uh, like 30, 30 chunks of hair. We called it the evil dead haircut because when it would get on your jacket or your whatever, your top, your shoulders, 
Oh, yeah. And you would just... I mean, I, I look like the Michael Jackson, um, uh, like military jacket of hair <laughs> after a day of having blood. So here's uh-huh. what was genius about it, though. I think Sam Raimi did that on purpose, whatever compound he's using for the blood, because there's a million kinds of blood. I've also, we had a blood cart. That's another story. But, um, I think it was genius because all you end up asking for is to be covered in more blood because you want to keep it wet. Oh, smart. And so it got to a point where then we couldn't sometimes for continuity, not that that was a big deal on our show at all, but um, they would (laughs) like really be covered in blood. I'd open the door. I was completely clean. It was just, you know, we had, we moved very quickly, but they would bring like spray bottles just to keep you wet. But then that is when you get cold. So, but here's my point. Of that long-winded story. Glad we're, I mean, are we done already? I probably took the whole time. Keep going. going. This is all good. This is good. Um, uh, The point of that whole story was on those days when it's like you're, you're, you're in so much pain from the, from the wax blood that's ripping off your hair and you're this and it is in, it's in parts of your body that you're like, I don't know how it even got there (laughs) when I'm wearing pants, Uh you know, or Uh like, although, and then especially scenes if I had to wear like a lace top, like I, there was, that was always the days conveniently. The one time I, this, my character's wearing lace with just a bra. It's like, oh, that's the day I'm going to get the blood cannon. Of course, Um, of course. But it, it's the funny. show's made for like 15 year old boys. I mean, but it, but it was funny because I actually, on those hardest days, the takeaway is you, uh, you, I look back on them as the best yeah. and I, and I, and so, and I think that's, that's just something we, I've been trying to, to keep in mind for every, for everything in life, which is the things that are the, the, the biggest challenge and the mm-hmm. most difficult, but, um, but that are part of your passion and what you love doing those will always be the days that when you look back are like man i did that that was awesome yeah the you war stories the, it's the war you know, story the hypothermia shit, yeah. and you don't remember <laughs> the broken ribs and all the things that I, um, I miss that i miss i miss it i'd be i'd love to be covered in blood and get an evil dead haircut right now well i mean it's a great fucking gig i mean from what everything i've heard i've actually pitched to those guys and they're really cool Everything that I've heard about Sam is that he's like the most generous, really awesome dude. I cannot say enough about that, man. He really? is the most and the least intimidating person in the room. And what I mean by that is when I went in for the screen test with um, Bruce for the to, to audition for the show. That must have been interesting, hanging out with him, too, for the screen test. Was it? Were you well, intimidated by him or did you? You know what's so funny? <laughs> oh, man, this is a, a longer story, but let me see if I can uh, find a way to surmise it. Um I did not, I went into it not thinking there was a chance in hell I was going to get it. Like I, I knew I wasn't going to get this job um, because I'd been down this road before where it's a, it's something that is highly anticipated, especially something like Evil Dead, which is uh, uh, the fan base worldwide. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, um, it's like a cult it's phenomenon. Of, yes. Of like its own genre and, and. It had been since the original. I'm not talking just the remake. I'm saying since the third installment, which was Army of Darkness, it had mm-hmm. been almost 30 years that Sam and Bruce had had since said, like at all the Comic Cons, are like, we just got tired of people asking us, when's the next Evil Dead? And <laughs> Sam's like, you know, it doesn't matter if I did um, Spider Man and and Bruce is doing other things, and these they would come to those events and be like, what are you doing the next Evil Dead? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so. They joked about how um, that's what made them finally do it. Um, but it really was a love letter to them. And it's something that's so, so beloved. I mean, and horror fans I've now come to learn are the best fans. And but in the way of like, they're the most passionate. Mm-hmm. But if 
they don't like you. Watch out. Which so to talk about with um, with Sam and, and and what he's like, I certainly did not think uh, there was any chance in hell I was going to get it because of what this was. Right. Thirty years in the making, the big. I mean, come on, huge. And um, it I would always those kinds of things would come between. Um, not come just between, but I'd be so close to it. And it was, I would hear like, oh, you're, you're one of the three. Yeah, and it was right, like, right, right. you know, Natasha Leone, of course, you know what I mean? Or, you know, Kristen Bell. So uh, <laughs> I would, I had read an article somebody sent me um, about, about this. Um, actually not sent me. I re- saw this article when I was working at the bar the night before the very first audition, because this happened so quickly. So yeah. that's why I'm saying all of this, because I almost it really didn't even dawn on me. Like I went in there just thinking, oh, I'm, it's, it didn't hit me in a way of, oh God, I got to impress them. You know what I mean? It was more like, you know what? This is just going to be a cool experience. I get to do a scene with Bruce Campbell and I get to be directed by Sam Raimi. That's the win. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. So, but the article that I'd seen when I was working at the bar the night before I got the audition notice for this at 830 I'm sorry, 8.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. I was closing this bar in um, K-Town that night, to, meaning I was going to be there till 2 a.m. Jesus. The audition. I know you just moved out to L.A. recently, but the audition, I lived in, in the Valley, and the audition was all the way in Santa Monica uh-huh. at 10, 15 a.m., which is quite literally, other than Friday, the worst time to ever get there. It was going to take, I was basically going to have three hours not even to sleep. Like, I, there was no turnaround time. And right. it was nine pages of dialogue. I mean, there was no... It was very, the very shit. next day. Holy shit. Right? It was the very next day. So, um, uh, I w- I'll never forget this. Um, Dominic, who I always give a shout out to. Hey, Damo. Um, <laughs> he, we were... He was standing... It was like I was having a night. Um, and uh, he was standing next to me. I'm like, damn it! I have this fucking audition. Of course I have this audition at 10 in the morning. I can't eat. Because then I knew who I was like, oh, it's Sam Raimi. I'm like, I'm not even going to be able to, 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 to memorize. I have no time. I'm closing the bar. And he actually offered to close for me so that I could get off at the early hour of midnight. And he goes, you know, that's like a huge deal, right? And I was like, what? He's like, this is actually going to be with Bruce Campbell. And I, w- and I knew, I love Bubba Hotel, but I knew Army. I loved Army of Darkness. I knew the franchise. He's like, this isn't just like a, remake this is legit them and so he pulls up this article and bruce campbell had said um we're looking to look for a jennifer lawrence type and what that always means when they name somebody or if like people are what they say in the breakdown of the characters when you're auditioning Mm -hmm. it means that they're like putting out offers to that caliber of people Mm -hmm. but they're still gonna audition people in hopes that you get the quote down for the person they really want. Be like, well, this girl's going to do it for nothing. So, you know what I mean? That's really what it is. But yeah, they don't yeah. tell you that, which I honestly wish we could change. Because I just tell me. Be like, hey, we really want this person. Yeah. We're going to get you this far. But, um, or if you, you know, you get, it's down to you and her. But we're really just hoping they come through. So that you don't get your hopes up, you know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I feel like that was such a long-winded, boring story. No, the point it's of it all being Stop fucking self-deprecating. The point of it, I just, well, because it's not my... I, isn't the interesting part. The interesting part was how I've had 13, 14 callbacks for a 30 second commercial that was nonverbal. This <laughs> happened so quickly wow. that I didn't even have time to, th- it was like that audition that day. I learned my lines. This never happens. I had to learn my lines by recording them and listening to them in the hour and a half sitting of traffic. So I knew I was like, I just don't want to bomb. Like I, for this, it was a big casting mm-hmm. director, Lauren Gray, um, who has done like Moneyball and a bunch of big things. 
Um, and I'm like, I just don't want to do a bad audition. I know I'm, you know. Right, because you don't want to fuck it up with that and then person. It, right, yeah, it yeah. just follows you. So, yeah. um, and it was just frustrating because I like to prepare and I always am prepared. But when I don't feasibly have the time because I'm trying to make a living to pay my rent, you know. So I went in and I just, I, I did it. And um, there, I did, uh, there was like a, a scene at the end that was never in the show, but um, where the character, one of them hits hits Kelly in the mm-hmm. head with the frying pan because she starts freaking out that she just saw Ash Williams murder all these people not knowing they're deadites. And I don't know what came over me in that moment, but it was, I decided to do a pratfall in that moment, like pretend there's no one in the scene with me. It's just me talking to the camera. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh my God, look at all these people. And then I like did the, I don't even know what I was doing, but it was stupid. I threw myself down and like sprayed my neck on the cart on the concrete. But I got called back a week later and Lauren's like, they loved that pratfall. Do you mind doing it again? I was like, okay, yeah, great. <laughs> So I'm like, this is, this is, I'm like, of course, pratfalls are always funny. Um, and so then it was, then I got one audition, one call back. Yeah. The next thing I knew, I was doing this screen test a week. Like it was all very quick, like wow. not even a week. Wow. And so I walked in and, and it was this fancy room with like 10 of the producers and everyone's in suits and oh so um, so wait wait so this is gonna be this is gonna be nerve-wracking right is that a nerve-wracking thing for you well you know what i've done it it depends i like i there like i said i guess the other factor was i should mention this um there this was at a time in my life where suddenly this did not seem as important because my mom had just been diagnosed with cancer okay the day before my two days before my audition i'm sorry my audition my that very first one when i was at the bar that was her first chemo treatment she had just been diagnosed you know a week or a couple of weeks before so it's suddenly every nothing else is right. as important right right now perspective comes in and absolutely it yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you know what yeah yeah i'm doing what i can do yeah here. and sure. so i think in a way that that, that was helps. a gift yeah um because uh, then also, I because you don't find out you sign your life away before you get the job. It's just so you sign your contract <laughs> before you get before the screen test. That's how you have to do it. Huh. And they and at that point, my team had never told me that it was shooting in New Zealand, which my normal reaction would have been, "Oh my god, how cool!" Because I've never really been anywhere. But and you instead, have to deal I was like, with "I can't yeah. do this, guys. You never told me that. Like, I cannot leave my mom. I can't." Um, and so it got to a point where my mom, um, who was never really, she's not somebody who was gonna, she's, she always told me like it was and she never sugarcoated shit. Um, <laughs> which is, which I, you know, loved about her, which is why I'm probably that way, I guess, but which is good or bad. But, um, she said, Dana, how many times have you been in this position? She's like, listen, if you're, if you actually get this job, Mm-hmm. You have to go because yeah, it's yeah. meant to be. Yeah. And and she's like, and if not, just enjoy it for what it is. She's like, how cool you get to go do that tomorrow. And I and that really stayed with me. And I was like, you know what? If I have to quit because I have to go take care of my mom, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm gonna just enjoy this, man. Yeah. And I so I Fuck went yeah. in there just excited, which is when I tell myself to do, you know, they tell you to do that all the time. Oh, well, don't want it so much. Yeah. Well, everyone can say, don't squeeze the puppy. But when you see the puppy, you're like, I love you so much. It's like, you love mice and men. Oh, oh like Lenny. Oh, habit. Oh, oh, habit. And you're like, you squeeze it because you, you can tell yourself all you want. You don't want it. Right. It doesn't right. work. But so this time it was just, I wish I could go back into that moment and find out how that. To, to find that switch. But so I walked in with nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, I was, I've now seen, the uh, casting director sent to me, I've now seen this audition. It has, it's on tape. Oh, really? Um, yes. 
so what is, oh my. what is this reaction? Is it is it uh, embarrassing at this point? I mean, I just, I I don't. It's not that. I mean, I yeah. Of course, it's always embarrassing. But I'm also like, <laughs> I wouldn't. I would never do what I did in this audition. In the sense of, I just was like, hey, minute, hey, minute, hey, minute. so Sam is Sam Raimi's there. And I, oh, I'd never answered this question. That's what I'd said, which was most and least intimidating person in the room. The least because I walked in mm-hmm. and he's introduced. He's like, hello, I'm Sam. Lovely to meet you. We love your audition. And I was like, hello, Mr. Ray. My dad. And then and somebody came up there, which was the showrunner, Craig Diagorio. And I immediately, of course, like with you. And I was just like, so me to a fault. But then, um, so Sam is behind the camera and he is a little tiny, like 90s camcorder. <laughs> and like just in there, he would say he was, you know, they have to do the full body shot and um, had to stand next to Bruce. And he, when we had to like turn to each other and do profile. And when I, we did that, Bruce was like, oh, and I said, oh, thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> At, what he said that when he saw the monitor? No, is no, no. What? When Bruce looked, so we, so they had to see how we looked together and height wise. Okay. And, the, and Bruce was like, "We're just making sure I'm taller than you." I'm like, "I'm five three. You're much <laughs> yes." Like, but I would never. I would normally just be like, "Okay." And instead, I was like, "I'm five three. I, I come up to your stomach." Yes. And so we're. So how do I explain this? So we're looking. We're standing, looking at the camera, and and Sam's like, "All right, guys, now face turn and face each other, so I can see a profile." And as we turn, so you're me. Mm-hmm. As we turn, he goes, Bruce goes, <laughs> like my at my face, like oh god, what a hideous face. And I was like, oh, thanks, dude. And he goes, what? It's a horror show. It's a horror show. Get used to it. And like, just we immediately started bantering. Uh huh. Um, which I think in hindsight, I was like, I wouldn't have. If I had planned to do that, I couldn't have done that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because when yeah. you try. You yeah, no, no. But you're just in the moment. I was you in just the moment. Really I, care. Yeah. I was just, I would just let it flow, man. I fuck was yeah. in the flow. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Because I just didn't have, I just didn't give myself the pressure. I mean, yes, I wanted this. But at the same time, I was like, look, whatever's meant to be, would be. Mm-hmm. I really believed it. Mm-hmm. And so then Sam would say something like, oh, so, um, you know, he goes, oh, this, I'll get, I'll skip to this highlight, which was, he's asking me questions on camera before we start and saying, you know, this, this is a horror show and. Um, you, how are you with, with prosthetics? Have you ever had prosthetics? Can you, um, can you deal with being claustrophobic and having this, having straws shoved up your nose while you're covered in, in plaster Paris? And I'm like, and you could just see the genuine joy of just hearing that. I was like, yep, so I've never done it, but I'm ready to do it. And he goes, okay, because we're thinking of having your, the, we're thinking of having, ha- they didn't say your character because I didn't have it. He's like, we're thinking of having Kelly be possessed. Dude. Uh, uh, this is all I've ever. This has been a dream of mine since the first <laughs> to, movie, the first horror play, movie. To play a uh, like a good Italian girl. <laughs> Exorcist was the first movie I, first horror movie I ever watched, of course, with my parents. And I uh-huh. needed. It's a, I was twelve, and she was twelve when she did it. And it's a whole. I have a whole thing with it, right? Mm-hmm. Always wanted to play possessed. In <laughs> fact, I I pretended I was possessed at a sleepover in seventh grade to get back at the mean girls who were being mean to me, and they still to this day think I was possessed. Anyway, um, so. My my visceral excitement that you see on camera when and I'm like you know yes I'm okay with this and he goes because we're thinking of having your character Kelly be or be possessed and I truly I wish I could do it now like like chariots of fire I'm like yes like I had just gotten the job and I start putting my hands up in the air like a runner at the end of a finish line and start going in circles and I'm and he's like oh, okay so but like you think you'll be okay you could do, I was like yep yep like. 
but the, I'm watching it just like, oh my God. I was so <laughs> not even give, I didn't give a shit. I was just really present. And then that led to me having the biggest balls I've ever had at any moment when I interrupted Sam Raimi and asked for another take. And the whole shifted. Whoa. I interrupted. I knew him five minutes. I interrupted him. Wow. Interrupted Sam Raimi. Wow. And um, what did he say? We did we did this one scene that was a little bit more dramatic towards the end. And we did it once, and he gave me direction. Mm-hmm. And we did it again. You believe that was sort of for there were three th- scenes. That's sort of this was one I was just by myself. The first one, by the way, fun fact: the scene that's in the pilot at the value stop with me and Ash was the audition scene as well. Like oh. that never changed. Um, but this one um, was a little bit more dramatic. Uh, and we did it twice. And he turns around, like away from me, to the rest of the producers and casting and everybody, all of the 20 people that were in there. And he goes, all right, so I would like to edit this so that if we can, so that we use the first part of the first take and the second part of the second take. And then, and I... I go, and this wasn't on camera, but I go, well, why don't I just do it again? <laughs> and I, I really have to do this for you. So now imagine Sam Raimi to sit with his back like this, and you just hear the record scratch, and he slowly turns around and just looks at me, and he goes, oh, excuse me? <laughs> and, and I'm not even aware, and I'm like, well, I mean, if, 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 if you didn't get what you wanted, why don't you, uh, you just, why don't we just do it again? Yeah, huh? And he's like, doesn't say anything. And I go, okay, well, can like, let me just at least try it. Can you tell me what you liked about that? And then he says, and he like looks at me like this, the whole room. <laughs> and I don't even realize it, but now in hindsight, I'm like, oh my God, that's like, I knew it as soon as I left the room. I was like, oh, I think I fucked it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you don't fucking interrupt Sam Raimi and ask him. And I was just, just like, oh yeah, let's do it. And he says, all right, so I'll, uh, if you think you can do it, I want this and this and this. And I was like, cool, let's try it. And he looks at everybody and goes, well, I guess we're doing another take. Oh my God. Oh my my, God. I, got, I did the take and he said, it was dead silent. And he's like, Dana, from here on out, I want you to trust your instincts. That was perfect take. That was exactly what I wanted. You have very good instincts about yourself. So make sure you don't lose that. Oh. And I found out from Lauren Gray later that um, that was what got me the job in a way. Because she's like, you put yourself on the chopping block. If you didn't deliver, that was it for you. She's like, but it showed that you... Wanted to get it right and mm-hmm. showed that you weren't afraid. And I go, because I, I was like, yeah, well, I got lucky. That was all my karma. But but my I guess that's my point, Mike, is that I never would do that in any other situation. And I yeah. think just all of those things were combined. The, the being present, the being in the flow, the just appreciating it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, the the threat of, you know what, now this is not as in, this is not the number one thing in my life. My mom's health sure. is. And sure. I think all those things just work together. Yeah. Um, because I didn't even network test, which is normally what happens next. They apparently, I, don't, I think they maybe didn't even see, somebody, somebody, I don't know if this is true. Somebody said they didn't continue to see people. But, but what, what a crazy fucking story. And if I didn't respect Sam Raimi enough, I respect him twice as much at that point because he didn't have a fucking ego. That's what I, okay, so, so that's I mean, crazy. I feel like I started this two hours ago. I am so sorry, listeners. No, it's all good. Edit it's all good. Out. Just edit the shit out of me. Um, this is why I need dialogue written for me so I know how to end a sentence. Um, if, you su- <laughs> if you suck, I am going to tell you, and it's been great. I so definitely far. am bored with myself. Um, there's so much more. I'm going to leave here being like, what? Why did I talk for 20 minutes about the bar? Um, no, so 
Uh, it's w- been good. least I, I always do come back to my tangential point. Mm-hmm. Um, you can eat too, by the way. You're allowed. Okay, to. let's. I, well, I have to focus on one thing at a time. Okay. Look at I'm sweating thinking about the story again. Um, the uh, least and most intimidating person in the room is because he's talking to me. He's talking to you like on camera, and I'm just like, how I'm talking to you now, and you're like, oh, this is. My buddy, you did my buddy Sam, Sam, like Sam the butcher from that you see once a week at the grocery store who right, cuts right, your right. ham, you know? And then he walks away, like, because when he's talking to you, he's, th- he's there. It's this. And it's, and it's vulnerable and present and real and just who he is, right? Yeah. No ego, like you said. Yeah. And then he turns and walks away and you're like, you feel, it's like he, he's, do you, have you met people that are He's just that, that level presence. that has that, that aura? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce yeah, has yeah. it. Yeah. Lucy Lawless has it. He has just certain people um, have that energy that you just, you can feel them before they walk in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it must make it easier to trust those people too when they do have that kind of presence, right? Well, it, I mean, in this particular case, yes. But I've also met people who have that kind of presence that are not um, oh, as negative. non yeah. that that do have an ego or yeah. that do that aren't collaborative. Sam Raimi was the most collaborative director writer I've ever. Well, it's Craig DiGregorio and the writers were as, uh, sh- as well, but he set the bar. Yeah. Um, because I mean, day one of like pre pre production, he's like, so he asked me to sit down and help him. I'm not kidding. Okay, this is what he's gonna say. <laughs> Dana, I was wondering if you were uh, busy. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any time in between wardrobe fittings and stunt training today? It was like it was like day two. Okay, it's day two. It's like, I mean, Sam, you're kind of the director, so whatever you think, you know, being an idiot. <laughs> he's like, okay, well, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind. Would you mind squeezing in, you know, an hour or so with me, so we can sit down and you can help me write this scene that I'm trying to to work out for the first episode of, I mean, for the second episode. And I said, cause he wasn't directing that one. And I was like, you know what I said to him? I go, uh, no. <laughs> and then he goes, he's looking at me. He's like, oh, you don't, you don't want to. I was like, Sam, I, this is your baby. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> I go, I just, I don't even know. I'm trying not to trip in my stunt rehearsal. <laughs> Sorry. I am allowed to swear, right? Yeah. Cause you're, cause you, <laughs> now I'm nervous that you're writing these things. It's like cut that. He's shit. like, she said, "Fuck." At she said, this point, "Fuck" was the only concise thing she said. We have to keep it in. Um, so, Liam, start bringing attention to yourself. <laughs> Turn and face the corner. So he, um, he, because I, I kept, I just, because I would call him out, but like in hindsight, now I would. When I've seen him since, I get all shy now. It's weird. Hmm. I isn't that a bizarre thing? Because I think it's because now. I'm so aware uh, because now I'm aware of how I was with him, which worked, I suppose. But now I'm also like, I just want to like, I don't know. I think I'm like trying to, to, I don't know. I don't know why. I just I, imagine I like it. I just imagine like he's a little shy and he just wants to be your friend. He and is, you guys right. Are just and I'm like, like <laughs> I know. Like, I, I talked to him like I'm talking to you. Know, like, shut the fuck up. I was like, yeah, you want me to write? Okay. And he's All like, right, she yeah. doesn't really like me as a friend. And I'm so like, like, yeah. He's like kicking rocks right. as he leaves the room. I like, I berate him. I was like, oh, you want me? You want me? Okay. What's the joke here? Come on, Raimi. Uh-huh. And in all seriousness. Yeah, and then like he doesn't laugh at that. Bruce, Bruce, and I had that sort of chemistry. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, blah, blah, and we would like ball bust, right? Yeah, yeah. He Which, seems like a big fucking ball buster in the best way. But that is what. Oh, that is how. That is also why because we uh, did that 
Bruce told me that is because I did that with him in the beginning of the with the screen. So test. Was, that's what because yeah. they needed a strong, they needed that kind of banter for some for a, a woman to call that character out on his shit because yeah. that way he could still be the character we all know and love in spite of his you know terrible right his bigotry ego, right, right. and second <laughs> yes. like just d- disgraceful sexual <laughs> things yes. but but it, with that way it doesn't it's like look he's just ignorant he's not malicious right, that's right. just the character so in order to make that work in this day and age um they that's and i thought that was pretty smart of them i didn't think it was going to work at all um, and I was terrified everyone was going to hate, all the fans were going to hate hate us, but we were very, very lucky. I was very, very lucky. Um, but uh, so with Sam, so yeah, we ended up writing um, and talking about like why why he thought, what was his idea for how did Kelly's mother die initially? Mm-hmm. And what would be, that scene with Mimi Rogers, we like, we, uh, he used my like ideas. And I was like, I and I kept like, a, then I started getting nervous. I, was like, I kept apologizing. I'm like, no, no, but I really think he's like, I'm asking you what you think for a reason <laughs> don't waste time telling me i shouldn't think that because then you're telling me i'm wrong and i was like oh and it was but it's true because then yeah, yeah, because yeah. then it was getting my own insecurity and shit instead of being like that's kind of his job i mean half the job of a director is sort of feeding feeling your way through it it sounds like he does such a good calming like he seems like he was a calming presence was he calming for you have you met me i'm pretty much anything as calming. i mean you've been bouncing off the fucking wall since you got in here no <laughs> No, oh, no. it's like you've known me forever. <laughs> All right, guys. You know the deal. You know what time it is. It's time for us to show a little bit of love to the, the men and women that support the show. And I'm not just talking about you guys at home, right? Because, listen, you don't have to pay for this. You don't have to pay for this podcast. I'm not charging you for this. What kind of fucking moron am I for not charging you for this? All this shit that you see I'm doing for fucking free right now. What a dumb business plan. Uh, But the only way that I can survive, the only way that this show can survive is with the support of our sponsors and the support of you guys. Right, So I know you're just there and you're passively listening to this and maybe you're in your car and you're stuck in LA traffic or you're sitting around your house and you're just cruising through Instagram and liking things passively and not really doing anything right now. Do me a favor, just click on the fucking links, okay? So go below this episode in the descriptions, pick one of our sponsors that you're fascinated by and click on a link, right? It's simple. It's the simplest thing to do. I don't know why it's such a hard thing for you to do. It's not. And what happens if you click on that link? Then it gets counted. And then the sponsors go, hey, Mike, those those thousands of listeners that listen to your show, they're actually clicking through on us. We're extremely happy. We would like to give you more money. Right? That's how the fucking game works. So please, do it. Okay? And if you're looking for a link, if you're looking for someone to go check out, and look, I don't even, I don't read on these guys because I love these guys. This is how 100% honest I am about my good buddies over at Puget Systems. If you are a filmmaker, young filmmaker, young photographer, and uh, you're on a computer that is consistently giving you that beach ball wheel of death, right? It's uh, telling you that for some reason, even though you've done it a hundred times before, you can't use this program anymore. 
right? Some rando update happened last night that rendered your hardware fucking useless, right? We all hate that shit. And then comes the panic second day where you wake up and you go, well, fuck, I got to get this job done. So I guess I have to buy a new computer. And then you go look at the prices of the bigger manufacturers for computers. And you want to also budget for a gun because you want to put it in your mouth and blow your fucking head off because the prices are out of control, right? Well, here's what I suggest. Think about building and buying a PC. Oh, fuck, he said a PC? Yeah, no, we live in a world right now where PCs and Macs or Apples and PCs work the same, right? It's all the same shit. If you're using Adobe Creative Suite, you're in Premiere, you're in Photoshop, they run the same on both operating systems. And I know that there are some of you who have been indoctrinated into that fucking cult and you're just like, well, I don't know how to use Windows. Just start it up. You open a folder and you double click on the icon. It's the same shit, right? And here's the thing. You no longer have to be uh, a buyer of those high-end priced manufacturer's products to be a professional. Because I cut everything I do on a PC. 12KM, cut on a PC. Who's there? Cut on a fucking PC, man. Uh, so go to PugetSystems.com. Why go there? Well, you don't want to build your own PC, or maybe you do. Maybe you want to build your own PC. Maybe you're a tech nerd like I used to be. At PugetSystems.com, these guys beta test all the brand new hardware. And they benchmark test this stuff. So they put all those results online. So if you're building a new PC, you can go there and check it out and say, hey, is this new graphics card worth it? Does it actually do what it says it does? These guys will test all that stuff and they give that info away for free. For free! Why do they do that? Because they care about the community. They care about people that work on PCs. Now, if you're someone that is used to buying a piece of hardware that shows up in a shiny little box and you like that unboxing experience, then go pay for that unboxing experience. Like, go pay for that felt fucking line box that is going in the trash, right? I'd rather take that cash and put it into the machine. I'd like to use that cash on hardware. And so Puget Systems takes that money, puts it inside, builds you a faster, more efficient machine, a machine that can be upgraded, easily upgraded. I mean, I've had my one that I'm working on right now for five years. Can you imagine five fucking years and I'm about to cut a music video on it? Holy shit. Mm-hmm. It's a different world out there. Go to PugetSystems.com. There you can pick a baseline system based upon the software that you use. So if you're a Premiere user, click on Premiere, and they'll offer up the baseline package. And here's what's so great about Puget Systems. They want to hear from you. You can write to them and tell them what you're doing, how much money you have, what kind of work you do, uh, and they'll suggest how to spend that cash wisely, where to put it, how to make the most out of that hardware. At the end of the day, you're going to get a super fast machine and it comes with real customer support. Like a real person answers the phone and they know your name. It's an amazing company. Go check them out. PugetSystems.com. Okay, also up, our good buddies over at Quasar Science. One of the best new advancements over the past five to seven years now in the movie industry is not the cameras. Oh, holy shit. What's he saying? It's not the cameras, man. It's the lighting, right? With the advancements in LED lighting, it has changed the game of cinematography. Everything that we see on Netflix, everything we see on TV, the cinematography bar has been raised really fucking high right now. And a lot of that has to do with LED lighting. Now, what are the benefits of using LED lights? They draw less power. 
they, some of them put out more light than a lot of the conventional light stuff. Uh, and that means on an independent level, you can actually be lighting scenes without having to get a fucking generator, without having to get a Jenny op, without having to get these people that run that thing. So it keeps your budget nice and low. If you're just a freelance videographer, just if you are happily a freelance videographer and you're making cash these days and you're looking for a new kit, uh, I highly suggest you go check out Quasar Science LED tube kits. They come in different lengths. Um, they're super lightweight. You can actually fit them in the back of your little hatchback that you're fucking driving around in. You don't need a big truck for it. Uh, and the lights work really well as fill lights, key lights, edge lights. <sighs> Try not to be one of those assholes that are just putting them in the background of all their music videos. We've all been there. That was a big thing for fucking years. Uh, they aren't just tubes that you use those for. Um, but, um, yeah, check them out. Go to Quasar Science and look at this new LED technology and look at how well it's been doing lately and what amazing people, what amazing things that people do with it. Wow, I barely got that out. <laughs> so go check it out. Go to quasarscience.com. Um, okay, also, uh, we have a sweet little uh, partnership with Industry Jump. I'm going to read this so I don't fuck it up. Industry Jump is a global community of verified filmmakers providing the next generation of filmmakers with resources, with the resources required to grow their businesses, learn new skills, and manage their careers. You can sign up for free. You can even create a verified portfolio, search for film crew to hire for your next project, and learn from top-tier creators in the industry through live video mentoring. Um, yeah, if you don't get enough of that from me, these, these guys are great. Uh, so if you want to go check this out, head on over to industryjump.com. They're also on Instagram at industryjump. What we're doing is uh, they're actually promoting the uh, podcast. They've got a bunch of followers. And so we've been getting a bunch of people from Industry Jump. So if you have made the Industry Jump, oof, 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 what a good dad joke that was. Oof. And you've showed up and you're listening to the show, welcome. I hope we're teaching you something more than just how cool this new camera works, right? I hope you're learning some shit that you're not learning from anywhere else. Um, and if not, then just, you know, send me a message and say, Mike, you're full of shit. Totally fine with that. Um, but for the rest of us, if you're looking to build your community, if you're looking for a larger community, I highly suggest you head on over to the fellows at Industry Jump. Okay, and speaking of supporting this show, let's say that you, uh, you feel bad for me, right? And you're like, Mike, uh, your hair's looking shaggy. Your beard's looking too long. It looks like you're not making any money these days. Hmm. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. And you're like, look, I, maybe we should throw him some cash. Well, the easiest way to do so is to go to inlovewiththeprocess.com. There, there's a donation button if you want to make a donation to the show. I think it's like a $15 donation. Uh, there, you can donate to the show. But I get it. We're all in the same fucking boat, man. My wallet's light all the time because I've chosen this lifestyle and I know yours is too. There are a couple of ways to support us without costing you a dime. Okay, and the simplest way to do so is to sign up for the Audible free trial. Now, if you're listening to other podcasts and if you've done this before in another show, you can't do it again. It won't work for us. But if you haven't yet and you've been thinking about signing up for Audible, then please do so. And let me, let me check... <clears throat> <clears throat> Let me check and see what our, okay, yeah, yeah. Do so by clicking on audibletrial.com backslash in love with the process. Um, there you'll get a 30-day free trial for Audible as well as one free audiobook. 
I think is what they want me to call it, an audiobook. Um, and uh, you'll get access to all sorts of other really great audio content. Um, and uh, if you like it, stick around. 30 days for free, but if you like it, sign up for the next month. You're probably going to get addicted to books the same way I did. But if not, then just cancel. Right? Cancel before it costs you anything. I'm whispering this because I'm not supposed to tell you this. But if you cancel, I still get paid. Okay. That's it. So it would be super cool. Easy. Easy peasy. I like it because I've seen you guys doing it. We actually got a check a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. You guys have been killing it, man. So I love it. Also, another great deal that we have going on is with Capital One. Now, before, before I give you this advice, I just want you to examine yourself. Take a moment and examine your spending habits, right? Are you uh, like somebody else I know that uh, doesn't go to sleep late at night and they're surfing through uh, uh, online buying communities consistently and buying useless shit, right? Like Amazon. Are you an Amazon late night purchaser? And you look... <laughs> <laughs> and you look at your bank account the next day and your your accounts are really low and you're like wow well at least i have four different pillows showing up to the house and a bunch of other random accessories that i really didn't need my point is, is if you don't know how to spend your money right then please don't take this advice right but if you are looking to expand your business if you're looking for a, a credit card essentially then sign up for one of our deals at capital one if you go to inlovewiththeprocess.com backslash sponsors there, you'll find two different graphics. There's one for the Venture card and one for the Venture One card. And so I don't fuck it up. Here's the difference. Um, the Venture card, you earn uh, two times the miles per dollar at every purchase every day. For signing up, earn a $50,000 50, bonus miles when you spend $3,000 on purchases within the first three months of opening the account. That equals $500 in travel. Okay, so you can use those bonus miles to spend $500. Super awesome. But the venture card comes with a $95 annual fee. So if you're spending a lot of cash, like you get a lot of jobs going through consistently, you're renting a lot of gear, that card might pay itself off even with the $95 thing. You might get a great benefit of getting this two times the points per dollar spent, right? But if not, if you're just starting out, then look at the venture one card, Right, so this one has no annual fee, and you earn one point twenty-five miles per dollar in every purchase every day, um, and you earn twenty thousand bonus miles when you spend a thousand on purchases within the first three months of opening the account. So that equals two hundred dollars in free travel. Okay, both Gina and I did that. That was one of the ways that I was able to get across country when we were looking for a place out here. We actually had it all paid on by the bonus miles that we got from these credit cards. It works out really well, and that's kind of why I'm, I'm selling it to you guys. If uh, you guys sign up for the card, we get a nice little bonus, and it helps the show. So that's a great way to do it. Um, and if you're curious, like, what do you mean when you did the move? Go back through our catalog of podcasts. We actually did a whole series on what it was like to transplant across country, like end everything in your life, move across country, and restart again on the West Coast. And now we're... I think Gina told me we're closing in on five months right now, which is insane. feels like it's still been three weeks since we got here. So everything's been going high speed. What is it? What is it? Five, six months? It's not fucking six months. No, it's not. 
Is it more than five and a half? Where are you right now? You want Amazon? <laughs> anyway, all right, cool. That's enough of the shit. Let's get back to the show. I hope you guys are enjoying uh, Dana as much as I did. Um, so let's get back into it. Obviously, I'm a horror dude, so of course I'm a Raimi fan. And the Raimi. thing that I've always loved about Raimi and the stuff that I loved about his movies is that literally I just picture him off camera with like a fucking branch just hitting his actors in the face. And it just reminds me, because I'm an older brother, it reminds me when I was a kid and I would do shit with my brother and I would just tease him and I'd put him on screen just to throw shit at him. And that was kind of the whole purpose of it. You know what's interesting? Did you see that? Is that why you brought that up? Did you see what he did to Bruce? Is that why? No, you, no I've just heard. No, 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 no. What is this image? The only person he tortures is Bruce. Really? Oh, and the greatest image, you can look it up now, that in the first episode. Do you, absolutely, did you watch the show? Do you know the I love the show, episode? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- that's, the best, that little, that's the best episode of the whole fucking show. That, that little Lori doll? With that, like, it, was, it was the doll that like attacks him, right? Yeah, 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 okay. So yeah. it ended up becoming CGI, which is not what's... I don't think that, you know, that's that was just for... T- I don't know why they did, but on the day, <laughs> and you can find this still shot, that we, we were ruining the scene because we were laughing so hard at Sam and Bruce. So they used an actual doll uh-huh. to, and, and Sam put on a, like imagine a, just a long chopstick basically, your longer stick. <laughs> and I'm not kidding you. <laughs> I have never seen, since to this day, Sam Raimi have more joy on his face. Oh God, it sounds Watching, like so and in the still shot that they have, which I think... It, because it was used on camera, they, I mean, sorry, the, this doll moment, I don't know if they superimposed over it, but they, he had an actual that doll on this stick that then this picture, it's just Bruce's head, like just a close up, as little Lori is on his like like nose and biting him and, and doing all the things. And you just see Sam in his suit, <laughs> slightly under the camera, because this is what the still shot is, where he is like, Making this face of complete maniacal joy, no, like like it. where he's like, mm, and he's beating like with the stick and the doll on on Bruce's face, and and because he's the director, conveniently never yelled cut and like was doing it for like a long time, and Bruce's like I don't miss that shit, Sam. You get one. You're lucky, buddy. You're lucky. And I'm telling you, it was that's the only person he really. Uh, tortured because they're, you know, practically brothers. So. Oh, see, I have the same. So you haven't seen it yet. I'll, I'll send you my movie, my movie 12 cam. But my brother... Oh, I was reading about it. I'd love to see it. My brother has been helping me since he was a kid. So he's been in a bunch of my stuff. We actually... Your little did, brother. My little brother, yeah. He's a paramedic in real life. I call him the American hero. He goes out and he does all this shit. And, uh, and so we gave him an alternate name. We gave him a stage name. We called him Barry Goodhart. It was his name. And if you go on IMDb, he's got a bunch of credits because I always throw him in there. And Wait, that's what the name? Barry Goodhart. As it, not as the character, what his name. Your what brother. his name is. Yeah. 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 So then, that's great, man. So then we have him in the movie and I, you know, every time, I, every time I do a movie, he always laughs. He's like, I'm either doing construction, I'm either building sets, or I'm, I'm, I'm on camera. And so I call him up for 12 cam and he goes, uh, all right, what do you want? You want me to help you build? And I go, yeah, you can help me build. He goes, Cool, you want you need me on camera? And I was like, Why you want to be on camera? He goes, Yeah, I want to be on camera. I go, Okay, all right, cool. So then 
I tell them, you're going to be on camera this day. We're doing a studio day. And I'm not going to give away the ending, but we're doing a studio day. And there's a sequence where I have, I've, it's a longer story. I convinced my uncle who's in it, who's really great. Oh, great. Who's been in, um, I did this music video for Meshuggah years ago, which Ooh. is this heavy metal band. And my uncle was in that. And I convinced him to be in a cod piece because he had to play this character, right? Now, this is my uncle that I grew up. He come dressed as Santa to my house. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so he was in a cod piece. So I call him to do this movie. And I, I said to him, like, I have this part for you at the end. It's super creepy. You got a creepy fucking face. You're perfect for it. <laughs> you have a creepy and, face. And he goes, he goes, okay. And I didn't tell him about any of the details. So he's like, is there lines? Is there a script? I go, you're not a fucking actor. There's no lines. <laughs> There's no lines for you. You know, you have nothing to say. And he goes, oh, all right, all right, all right. And so then the two days before, I said to him, so here's what I'm thinking. I need you to be naked. And he goes, what? And I go, yeah, like full balls out fucking naked. And he goes, really? I go, yeah, it's a special effect. I mean, how often do you see naked guys in horror movies? It's going to freak the fuck out of everybody. I said, it's perfect. It's going to be great. And he has this moment, he takes this moment, he pauses, and he's like, is there going to be, uh, are the makeup artists still girls? And I go, yeah. He goes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, go, I go, all right, all right, all right. So then I cast him for it. Now I have my actual actor oh. who's opposite him, this kid, R that I've worked with for years, and I said to R, I said, at the end of it, you're in this place. You can't tell what it is. I think it's really important for the story that you should be naked. You should look like you're naked. And he's like, all right, so do I have to actually be naked? I said, ah, you know, I can do a lot with lighting. You know, we'll sock it up. We'll do whatever we got to do. We'll you know, and he's like, okay. So then a couple of days before, my uncle's there. And I was just like, well, he's, he's, he's fully naked. It's so. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness! Yeah. No. So then, so then Ara was like, "Oh well, let, let's try to dress this thing." And we do do the stuff. So Ara had it all dressed, and then there's this bit where he's in the blackness, and you'll see the, he's in the blackness. It's all practical because I like practical shit. Mm -hmm. The best. And all these black hands come out of the blackness, and they grab onto him, and they pull him into the darkness. Right. Mm -hmm. Coming back to my brother. So my brother's there on set, and he goes, "What am I doing today?" And I was like, "Oh, you're gonna be you're gonna be a demon," and he was like. Okay. Good, said, heart. good heart's going Good heart's going in, yeah. So I said, you just got to get your arms made up. So he's like sitting there and there's photos of him getting his arms painted black and his hands painted black. And he's like, they're videotaping him in the chair and he's like, the things I do. He's, you know, super like, super American hero. The things I have to do. You know, he does all that shit. And so then he comes on set and he goes, where am I supposed to be? And I go, well, you're going to be behind Ara, the lead, on the ground. And you have to reach around him and grab him from the ground. And my brother looks at him and the actor's wearing a codpiece, bare assed. And my brother literally has to be on his knees behind him, hugging his bare ass. I mean, he's a To get his hands around. <laughs> it must just be like the context, oh, right? Oh, and I fucking loved it. Like every time we did a take and he's like reaching around, I was like, we got to go again. He's like, I think we got it. And I go, no, 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 no. Oh, Enough from my hands. <laughs> Because you know what's probably funny if he had if he had to like do some oh yeah he wouldn't have cared it, but it's a different context because he knew why I was doing it and he knew he knew the context of why I put him in that scenario and he's like you fucking asshole and I was like no it's good this is good this is good for the screen so yeah he's in it oh man how is that did you use that scene because oh, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you yeah. know what would have been like cause if then I didn't have been in on the editing floor. <laughs> No, but I love it. I keep saying that uh, I got I wanted to go pitch on a new Godzilla movie and I'm like, I want to do Godzilla movie 
and I want to go back to the suits. I want to do rubber suits. And, and the guy who writes with me, Will, was like, why do you want to do rubber suits? I go, because I want to put my brother in that fucking rubber suit. <laughs> <laughs> He's not allowed to get out. <laughs> you are Sam, too, and your brother is Ted. <laughs> Ted Raimi almost died, I found out, playing Henrietta um, in, in, the, in Evil Dead 2 because, you know, he was a 20-year-old kid. They yeah. had him in these prosthetics. He got a, he was 108 degrees. He was losing. He, like, he passed out or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and anytime he would talk about it, because then he had to do Henrietta again, um, re, you know, for our show. And Sam was like, or I mean, and Bruce, because Sam was there. So Bruce said, um, oh, <laughs> I'm Ted Raimi and I almost died for the movie. Yeah, that's what, it, that's what we all had to do. He's like, did you ever have a, you know, he's like, did you ever have a real chainsaw one inch from your face? Do you know that they, because they were just 20 years old, doing a little bunch of things. They used a real fucking chainsaw. chainsaw. Did not take the, the blades off. <laughs> Sorry, I feel I'm definitely going to stop swearing because every time I do, you write it down. No, swear away. No, every time. Stop, stop, I'm stop doing, No, her. don't, no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's, a, it's, 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 uh, it's a good, it's a good deflect for me. No, it's not, you did nothing wrong. I don't, don't fire him. He did nothing wrong. I can't. I just now, I did it to test it. And I was like, yep. I like figuring things out. You got to keep him on his toes. You got to keep him on his toes. Oh, no, he can keep me on my toes. That's mm-hmm. better. But, uh, mm-hmm. but so he, uh, <laughs> He had, they used real blades. And I was like, why did they just not take off the blades? He's like, no one knew how or figured it out. Like, truly, (laughs) the things that they actually did. Mm -hmm. But so anyway, I, I, I am, uh, have a soft spot for your brother. And only that I heard a lot of the stories from Ted about, I was like, Ted, like, like, truly, because he couldn't breathe. I mean, that doesn't breathe that Henrietta thing. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? It's not like yeah, you yeah, yeah. It at all. No, it's all fucking and sealed it's, up. It's not like you got a union. It's there with your brother, and he's the you know he's the kid brother. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. better. I'm just saying. The union rep nice. comes over, and it's just like not for this one. He's not not on your watch. You can go home uh, early today. Yeah. No. Oh, it's great, man. Oh, you're. But that's. Brother. I mean, that's part. I think that's why I like making horror movies. Is I like to tease people. I like to get people going, and I like to scare fucking people. That's. That at the really, end of the day. Yeah, that's a pretty good genre to do if you like to do Yeah, at things. the end of the day, that's what it is. I mean, you'd hate to be... I'm scaring Gina all the fucking time and it drives her Oh, I would, I would I would kill you. Oh, it's Don't. I jump one. That's why I was like, there's no... I also was like, I, I love... I like horror. I don't like jump scares. And I'm the kind of person that I will put a piece of toast um, in the toaster. And I will get my orange juice and the toaster will pop up and I'll go... Ah! And I'll like, I swear to God. Someone, uh, someone knocks on the door. Sorry, that was probably very loud as well. I'm, I'm dead serious. Some, the, the mailman puts it in the mailbox and you hear it go, punk. And if it's really quiet, I mean, <laughs> like, tr- truly, I am very jumpy. Oh, I can't wait to show you my shit then. I can't wait to oh, show God, you my Oh, God, no, I can't. Then I definitely can't be eating or drinking during that. I mean, I, I honestly had a hard time filming half the stuff that were jump scares. Uh, I actually ruined a take for Sam. Oh, God, that's a true... Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, what's this? This will be short. Uh, the, the scene in the... Because, again, Sam only directed... Uh, the first one, which was the the, the pilot. Sure. Um, which, by the way, was fucking fantastic. And for the audience that hasn't seen the show, I'm going to cut you off. Please do. It's just Sam. Finally, has, I told you to. Sam has such a grasp of the technique. Like, he is such a, a an amazing visual storyteller. Just that gag he did, and I think it was in the first one, I'm almost positive, that flashlight fucking gag on the floor that he did. Do you remember where the two detectives were in the room and the flashlights just... 
Yeah. yeah. And the flashlight spinning on the floor, and that was his whole gag. And of course, the flashlight is spinning for an unnatural amount mm, of fucking time. That was, yeah, you're exactly right. But it works so goddamn well. And the thing I love about Raimi is that he has this personality with how he shoots his camera, with how he shoots his shots, with how he does his blocking, with how he fucking tortures the shit out of you guys. Like, that comes across on screen as fun. And it's yeah. fucking scary. I mean, one of my favorite movies from him is Drag Me to Hell. Oh, yeah. That movie. And it looks yeah. like he put... What's her name that was in the movie? Um, I can't remember. Was it uh, Jane Levy? No. No. Amber... Was it Amber Heard? No, it wasn't Amber Heard. It oh. wasn't Jane Levy? Who was it? Look it up for us. You would think I should know I'm these thinking things. Of Eve. I'm thinking of... Anyway, it looked like he beat... Like, she was, like, covered in mud at the end of the movie. It looked like he was just throwing mud on her and water on her. It looked like it was a blast. Yes. <laughs> Well, it's a blast when you're when you're on that side. Yeah, smoking like a true director. Yeah. It's a real blast. It's all fun and games till someone gets hypothermia, you know, an eye infection from the mud in your eye. Who was it? Was it Allison Loman? Oh, was it Allison Loman? Drag me to hell. I've never seen. She's the lead. She was the uh, she was the the blonde actress in the lead. Oh, huh. right. Weird. Oh, I thought Jane Levy was the remake. Was the maybe. I don't know. Either I'm way, a fucking great movie. piece of shit. Yeah, it's a fantastic movie. I'm a piece um, of shit for not knowing that. Um, there's, yeah. uh, you're not. I don't know half the thing. I don't know, you know, I don't even know titles. Yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to be a host. I'm just sitting here going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I should know these it's, Okay, well, you know what? You put out a beautiful spread of shit. Nah, it's a little bit of the gabagoo. A little You're right. That he does, he, he has... Kind of like what I was saying to you about your photography. He has such a point of view. Yeah. Considering he also then, you know, is credited with the the point of view of the object that was never done, obviously. Yeah. Um, or the, that that's what he's credited with. Is the, the, you know what I mean? Unless it had been done and I'm mistaken, but that's what I was told and saw. And I and it's those kinds of things of just he's very much he has such a mastery of the 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 blend of making over the top not over the top in a stupid way it's over the top in like a wonderful way which yeah. is i've never heard of anyone doing that yeah it's, it's comedy and it's horror. It's all the things um and yeah working with him was he knows he sees it and he knows exactly what he wants to start with and then a lot of times he'll um at least that in that experience for me he would adjust like he he's not married to something if it's not working in that you know mm -hmm. um but he has such a vision and he's so can i just also just give him props too cuz he is one of those people he learned every single he was there for maybe a month he learned every single assistant's name pa's name that's so important i called them by name Call, I am really good at faces and I like to learn people's names all the time anyway, just because I do. Because also mm -hmm. you, 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 you never know who you're going to need exactly. uh, to be on your side and right. whatever. Who's going to be your fucking director next time. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, right. But also I just, uh, that's how I live life. I don't, I'm not, I don't, sure. I've been a server too long at waiting tables to be treated, you know, when you're treated like a second class citizen just because you're doing your job. It's like, what? We're the same. We put, as my mother would say, we put on our pants the same way. Um, one leg at a time. I don't even know what that means, but she always said it. But the pants the same way you do. One leg at a time. And I don't know what that analogy is, but all right, I'll take it. Um, but he made it a, made it a point and, and, and did not, and did not announce, like he wasn't like showy about it. It was, you know, he, 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 they would do like a $5 Fridays or whatever. And on his last day, 
$5 Fridays, meaning everyone puts in five bucks and then they draw a name. I've heard about this. Yeah. And they do. Okay. So it's very big in New Zealand and Auckland. And so on this particular day, which was his last day, um, apparently uh, he put in like $5,000 or something. Oh, wow. And gave it to the, the, he asked, he like said, they pretended to call the first name. And he had already told them, I want it to split between the three PAs, the three girls. Because we only didn't have, there were three PAs at the time, like that were dealing, you know, that were sure. on set stuff. Sure. And these girls, I mean, it was like they won the lottery because then it had everyone else's money too, you know? Yeah. And he never said it. Everyone found out about it later that he, it, he wanted to make sure that they're like, oh, we got three at the same time. Like that's the kind of guy that he is yeah. without ever being like, I did this, everybody. And he knew everyone's name from the from the cafeteria worker, and they were those were different every day, different catering, and that just I just I feel like it's the people like that 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 is why people they all they are also successful. I know there are shitty people that are, but with Sam, I think that's just a good way to be. You can be somebody like him, yeah, and still be the least intimidating person in the room in the sense that you're looking to somebody in the eye, Mm -hmm. no matter what their position is. You're collaborating with people. You're asking them what they think. You're asking them how they are. That doesn't, it doesn't, I don't give a shit who you are. There's no need to not be that. And Sam Raimi made that very, very, very clear. It's it's so great to hear. And I've, I've talked about this on the show before. I was really lucky early in my career to actually go and hang out with the Farley. So Peter and Bobby. Farley oh, brothers. nice. And those guys at one point, one of their producers was going to potentially do one of my things. So I actually got to go to their sets and be a guest on their sets, which wow. was really great. Um, and as a director, you don't normally get that. Mm-mm. Directing is like such a, such a lonely, as far as your peers go, you're not really interacting with other directors. Right. And I think if you go on another set from another director, especially if they treat you as a contemporary there's a little bit of like a competition that happens and there's a little bit of a worry that's on set. Mm-hmm. So um, not saying that I was even close to being contemporaries with these guys, but I had the opportunity. No, it's still a threat. It's a threat in a different way. Exactly. I mean, even if you're not trying to be that, some like, people. Like what is this? Is he judging me? Yeah. Is right. like and all of like that. Some people either look at you as a threat or some people look at you as like, let me help you. Let me guide you. And right. there's, those are the two kinds of people in the world, I think. And these guys, I mean, when, when Peter won for uh, Green Book was what it was, when he won for that, Wow, what a great movie. And, uh, you know, it was bad, the situation when he won it. It was like, this, this is the best fucking guy I've ever met in my life. Wait, it was a bad situation. Remember, it was getting all such a shit. There was, there was something that happened that, I forget the specifics of it, but it oh, was shrouded yeah. by yeah, yeah, politics. Yeah, 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 there was some yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. politics involved yeah. with it. And it's like, that was just, and it was a true story. It's a great movie. It was and very he's, well done. he's just such a goddamn gentleman. And when you see him on set, and when you're on set with these guys, it, it was early in my career, and it's really shaped how I run my sets. You see them interacting with their teams and their crews, and their crews are so fucking happy to be there. That's it. Everybody's so happy to be there. And like, I'll see him go over to his boom op and literally talk to his boom op and his boom op and say to him, What do you think of that performance? And the boom op would do that. Okay, then they are very much cut from the same cloth. And it was just. Because that's the set as a kid, because when you start directing, you know, you pick up a camera and you run around with your friends. Exactly. And you're hanging out with yeah. your friends and your friends are just like, that's fucking stupid. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of what you want. And uh, when I do my films, when I produce my films, I'm the boss. So I can do whatever I want on set. And so I'll generally have a second monitor in a room further away from the actors and the talent. And in that room is usually like 
my parents, people that I know like movies that I want to watch movies. And so then they're just in that back room watching the stuff. So on occasion, I'll just sort of go in there and I'll be like, it was fucking rad, right? And have them go like, yeah, it was really cool. Or have them be like, you know, it would have been really cool if this had happened. And you're like, ah, that's kind of, all right. Yeah, maybe I'll take those ideas back to set. You know what I mean? And I really like that set. And I... I never would have got that if I hadn't spent the time with these guys. And I was so gracious and so happy that I was able to be there mm-hmm. because you get to see dudes at the top of their game. Like, the, the I mean, something about Mary and like all that yeah. kind of shit. Like Come top on. of their fucking game. Uh, running sets where people are all fucking happy and excited to be there and knowing everybody's names. Okay, look, if you're, because uh, a lot of young directors watch this sh- or listen to the show. Watch well, the show. Hello, young directors. So, I'm available for hire. <laughs> <laughs> But, and I've talked about this on the show before, like a lot of people uh, take direct, like they assume that directors have all the answers. They assume that at the end of the day, you're the one that knows everything. You're the guy that has all these, like, how does this happen? How does this scene happen? And I remember as a young director on my first day doing a, like my student film that I had done, I had storyboarded everything out. Like I'm a guy that could draw shit. So I had storyboarded everything out and I was setting up all the shots. And then I had the actress come over to me and she's like, how... Do you want me to move through this scene? Like, what do you see? And I and it just blew my mind. I, for a minute, I went like, "Oh, just sit on the fucking couch." Was what I was like <laughs> right, saying. Right, right, right. Just, just sit on the couch. But then it was like, "Oh shit!" Right? Like, how do you? God damn it! So I had this young kid moment where it's like, I don't know the fucking answers. I don't know. So let's figure okay these things too. out. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's one. And I think that's that's a very astute point you bring up that I have learned at from the acting side and from shadowing some directors. Um, like the great Stephen Conroy, which if you haven't been turned on to him, sidebar, I just want, make a note of this on there. <laughs> no, no <laughs> make curious. a fucking note. He um, <laughs> will t- remind me to either email you about it later, but you guys are, I think you would, if you don't know, he does Patreon, he, he's done every, he's a writer also who's done a, you know, wrote well, a Secret Life of Walter Mitty and Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, yeah, but yeah, But he yeah. also, um, like you, uh, has such a great eye and his, his, his stuff is um, like moving pictures and... Um, mm. I shadowed him for uh, what the show I worked on with him, which was Perpetual Grace Limited. But yeah, he does yeah. Amazon. I mean, he does pay. He does Amazon. He does Patriot on Amazon. Um, he's anyway. I think sidebar. That's I really want to put you in touch because I okay. think that that's along the lines of what we're saying. But um, you did bring up a point that I I think is very astute, which is you know certain that I've learned certain directors have have certain strengths mm-hmm. um and they're sometimes and they're always very different some directors are really good at um or or, or prefer to like really have a hands on on what the scene's going to like uh, or the you know cinematography with the frame the shot sure whereas um some are like I, I trust whatever my cinematographer's going to do here's sure. what I'm going for um some are really um, specific with what they want. Um, and some, um, which was my experience with Sam Ramey was, um, I don't know why I said his name. Like I was like, well, I just want to make sure we remember in case people are just coming back to, um, <laughs> Sam. Um, he was very much, I loved the way he directed because he was more, he'd tell you a direction of like, that wasn't, um, direct. So it was, it was something, I'm trying to think of something, um, like the scene uh, where I had to do with Bruce and and uh, to, to, I had to do it. It was pretty clear. We And especially because we'd done this scene so many times at this point because it was an audition scene. Mm-hmm. And Sam, now granted, we had a lot of takes with Sam because he had 22 days to shoot. And the day he left, it was five days. And holy hell, <laughs> hold on to your hat, guys, because yeah, yeah. that was 
whoa, what? A, that was insane. Anyway, um, <laughs> but Sam would come up and say, in this scene between me and Bruce, he would say, um, okay, that was great. Let's let's try this again. And this time, I want you to sort of say everything to him like you like you used to have a crush on him, but he scorned you, and now you really want nothing to do with him. Which is not at all what the character dynamic is. And then the next time he would say, okay, let's do this again. And you just found out as soon as you're done with this conversation, you're going to go on the vacation of your dreams too. He's like, wherever you always wanted to go, like would ask me where, like as data. And I'm like, uh, Fiji. He's like, you're going to Fiji as soon as he get walks away. <laughs> and they were things that you try and translate for yourself. And then if you're like, no, no. And I learned now, which I wish I knew then, to just trust, like I tried to overthink it. Yeah. And then it was, she was like, yeah, let's yeah. not do that. But I feel like there's some people like that where he doesn't want to tell you what to do. He's not, you know, at mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. But some, but but he tries to help you find it. Yeah. And that way, some directors, I want them to give me a line because I'm not getting the note that they want. Right. You know, I think it's all, so I think my point is, you, it's okay to not always have the answers. And sometimes, at, to for me, Mm -hmm. I'm the kind of person that's like, sometimes if it's that case, if it's that with that, with that actor who came up to you, it's like, mm -hmm. how do you see this thing going? If it's just, just sit on the fucking couch, sit on the fucking couch. And yeah. that's what I would say. Yeah. If it is something that's a little more involved, just be like, let's see where it goes. Sorry, sure. I keep hitting the mic. It's all good. Um, and I, I think also you're going to deal with as directors, young directors, listen up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the best directors I've worked with are ones that learn how to tailor their notes to... to Specific the, actors? In a way of like... You know, talking to talking, giving a note to Bruce Campbell or Ben Kingsley uh -huh. is going to be approached very differently than giving a note to extra number seven. Yeah. And only just because you're giving a note and you could be a little bit more. I, I'm trying to say, like, that's not that's not actually the best idea. Um, uh, you're <laughs> some people like me, like can't just take something and I get too I get think about it too much. So he could just say something very simple to me and then to them, just look at them, like get, give them one word. Some people like a lot of words. Some people want to discuss it. Some sure, people don't sure. interrupt the flow. Sure. I think, I think to be a good director is to be a good, I, anything, which is, uh, you have to have the ability to read the room and the situation, mm -hmm. um, so that you know, how if it's not being understood then try a different tactic you know and then how to approach somebody like i i agree with you and i with me obviously i'm still i'm about to do two features which hopefully will happen but with me uh i've just done commercial stuff and most of the time when you do commercial shit you just don't have that time that's it's a like, to yes it's a whole other fucking game that's what I, yeah and then you're you're dealing with like long ass casting sessions and then you maybe have like 15 minutes with an actor before you go out in that scenario yeah and one of the things that I learned doing casting for that stuff is that in the casting sessions, and you brought this up earlier, I have the greatest respect for actors that go and do casting sessions because it's a fucking nightmare. It's a fucking nightmare. Can I tell you, I have, I mean, I have tiny violin, life's hard for everybody, but I will say, and you touched upon this in one of your other podcasts about just the disrespect sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, look. I'm just trying to do a job like anybody else, but like to call me back 14 times, make me wait three and a half hours that now what 
make me wait. Like not me. I'm saying everybody, but sure. like to make people wait for no reason because you want to take a lunch and that everything else went wrong. This all of these things, by the way, are things that have actually happened, and they're things that you just that you just don't think about anymore because it'll kill you. I think it'll kill me if I, I really put in all this thought to all these times that these kinds of things have happened specifically with commercials. Some have been great, but not. How many? But so and so they they make you wait. You you are you know like I said, especially here going to Santa Monica where there's no parking and your meter that you've had to feed now seven times. Now it has a ticket because you were told you were going to be up in five minutes, and now it's been an hour and a half. Now you're late for your job. Now your job's threatening that you're going to be fired. And after all of that, you go in the room and the clients. It's never the director. It's always the fucking clients. The clients are sitting there. Not looking up once from their phone. Wow, you tapped it. Do you see? I'm like suddenly look at my hands. I'm like, yeah. Oh God, <laughs> guys, I'm so sorry. I'm suddenly like, you tapped into something. Oh, I'm, it's true. Like, it's I, true. It drives I me fucking care. insane. And by the way, you can. I know you walk in the room in 30 seconds. You know if it's not that person. Fine, don't. But like, at least when I walk in the room, hello, just look me in the eye. Hi, and look. If you need, if you really, your Instagram feed can't wait whatever they're doing. I think that is to me, that's like, look, mm-hmm. I am literally in here 30 seconds. My life is in flames to mm-hmm. be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want me, you don't want me. Fine. I'll deal with it. That's this business is 99.999% rejection, but at least have the common courtesy to give me 20 seconds of your time when I've given you so much of yours and now lost money doing this, you know, that's it, all. It drives me crazy. And when I, when I'm in those scenarios, I've had clients turn to me because here's the thing. I always feel like I feel like if an actor sits out in the lobby and waits all day and I know, like you said, you know, when someone first walks in the room, this is a person that I want to see in front of the camera the whole time. You just know. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that you can bring together. And sometimes there's surprises. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're like, that's the person I want. And then you show up and it's like, whoa, I had no fucking idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. And I'd like that person. But if you're there, even if I know who the person is, at least the, the the least I can offer the people that are in the hallway is to come in and practice performing in Exa- front of me. And I can I just slow clap you, Mike? I'm not looking for that. I'm just no, saying. That I, that's, I know you're not, but I really want to say I've, I, that's a really beautiful thing, and you're you're gonna. I will work with you any day of the week, then, because like that. I know that sometimes you can't just do that with, with especially with time and permit per, time permitting but all this stuff. Fuck time. But like, I like, appreciate that you as a director. Would be like, look, I can't control the clients. They're the ones paying for this commercial. I'm here to do my job. But if I'm going to do that, I'm also going to kind of serve these people to at least give them a moment of like, hey, mm-hmm. learn how to take a note. I'm going to give them a note and see. And just they can, you know, because it, it is always a learning experience. Um, I, I mean, and I but, but from, both si- from both sides, man. I, well, sure. Because absolutely. then I can sit there and work with actors all fucking day. We're not complaining about having to sit around and wait. That is truly the dawn of the business. You sit around, you, you yeah, know, and, and do, you have yeah. to, right, I'm saying. But, and, yeah, but it's also like then all of a sudden the pressure is on the actor because it's not it's not the director that's going to get shunned it's not the editor straight away it's not the writer that's going to get shunned it's not the makeup artist it's going to be all fall on the actor if the, if it doesn't deliver does that make sense that's why i think people right. get so much pressure because people in the industry might be like well the writing no it always is the fault right. did you go see it's, that bruce willis movie did you go it, see that exactly. yeah, yeah so it's that's why it's a little bit of, of pressure that way but my i guess yeah. what i just want people to know i'm not trying to confuse with Talking very specifically about commercial auditions when it's been 13, 14, 15 times you've gone in, I don't I don't want people to think we're saying actors shouldn't have to wait. That's not the issue. Mm-hmm. What we're trying to say is speak to something larger, which this tends to be a pattern, specifically in the commercial world, 
It's not about you have the job already. No, but and I, you're waiting. It's about, and I, it's not even about like I don't want to sound like oh, don't make me wait. That's not at all what we mean. It's a matter of like, look, this is truly a thirty second commercial that all you have to do is eat a French fry, <laughs> and you are yeah. you are ruining my life. And then you're not even oh, sorry. And then you're I just hit the mic. And then you're not even looking at me when I'm in here. That you know that's that's what we're it's, trying to say. I just, just don't want people to be like oh, so they had to wait. Big deal. That's your job. Right. But that's no, not what I mean in this it's case. It's a whole different. Okay. So I always, I always equate uh, casting for commercials uh, as the same thing as, as couch shopping. It's literally the same thing. <laughs> it's like you're like, I need to find, I need to find a blue couch. The couch needs to be like yeah. fluffy. It needs to yeah. have all this sort of shit. And then everybody has their own opinions on couches. Like you can have four people sit on a couch. And oh, go, absolutely. This is the best couch ever. And that's the problem with the commercials is that it isn't just like a director or producer that's making these calls. It's a committee. Absolutely. That's these fucking calls. And at that point, it's not your, yeah, it's not yeah. a create your creative thing. No, exactly. exactly. And so then, so then when you're in that mode and you have all these people, it's really tough. It's, yeah, I don't know how I, you do it. I have friends that I don't know how you guys fucking do it. Like it's, as far as acting goes, I think it's I think it's it's fat. Look, look, as a director, I can hide. I can hide behind my movies. I can hide behind my camera. I can hide behind my shit. Like people may look at my stuff and may look at my photos and like my photos and they may not like my photos. And then I'll just put out another good photo and I'll put out something else and they'll go, oh, it's a fucking amazing. This guy's well, a fucking I'm, genius. It's, a, it's objective. Anyway. Exactly. All of but it. as an actor, you're just this <laughs> is for sale. This is for sale. Your personality is for sale. And then that's who you are as a person. And then that's being judged upon like every fucking day. Well, and then beyond that, the real kicker of all of that, if you get past all that, you are not even in control a little bit of your performance on TV and film. On the, That's why we yeah. all prefer, that's why I prefer theater. Because I, you know, like, which, you know, it, that's, that's even now more cutthroat than ever. But it's like, at the end of the day, even if you give the performance that that like, I hate most of my scenes that came out with Sam's and Sam's episode. And it's funny because he would let, he would actually invite us to watch the monitor and a couple things and say, Hey, I want you to learn. This is what I liked that you did here. This is what I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a great thing. I'm not, I know we didn't ever have time to like, we were the rest after him, the, the rest of the season, we didn't have time to watch. Yeah, you guys, you guys it would only be fucking, if it was a physical thing. You guys yeah. are doing fucking TV. Right. So exactly. Well, and also TV that we were shooting like a movie and it was, it was beyond yeah. it with practical effects that, you know, half the time it takes three times to set up and to clean up. It was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was tough, but it was good. It was like a great <laughs> man. It was a good, um, uh, crash course in a way, you know? Right. Uh, so anyway, um, but, he, but, I know, I remember the scenes that I did with him. We would do, like I said, we had so many, we had seven, eight takes all often, like if he, if we wanted to. And, yeah. they, and I would see them, I'm like, oh my God, I don't, like, because I hate watch, like, I, it's just a thing. It's, I'm sure everybody says that, but it's true. It's like, I I don't want it, like, because you think it's one, it's like hearing your voice, right? You think sure. it's one way and then you hear yourself on sure. a machine. You're like, ah, oh, is that and what I And then you're really analyzing like? your right, movements. You're like, is that what yeah. I look like? Is that what I do? Wait, when did I do that? But anyway, there were scenes, because he, because of his <laughs> That's me every day. So glad I got in this business, you guys. Um, but uh, he, um, I was, there were a couple scenes that he let me watch with him in full of takes. I'm sorry, a couple of takes. Mm-hmm. And I remember for the first time being like, okay, in my head, I was like, I hate that one, but I, I don't hate the other two. And I was like really excited. I'm like, oh my God, this is what it means when you have a good director. This is what it means when you're not rushed. This is what it means when you are a lead on a show. You don't get, you, you're there and you're given the time. I'm sorry, right. you're given the time. Yeah, yeah. 
And yet what ended up happening and coming out, I was like, that isn't at all what I saw on the day. And it's fascinating, although I hope, I think actually Sam might have edited it, but my point being is, I don't, I don't know if he did, but my point is, um, I'm really good at judging what uh, I think is good with, um, with myself. Okay. Um, like as Sam Raimi told me, he's like, you have good instincts. Sure. I know. I know if I get it and I know if I miss the mark. And I guess one of the toughest things about being the actor is like you're saying, the the face and the this and then you're judged on this and you're judged on the prison. And yet, then also the final product isn't even in your control. Yeah. Because you have, you know, so yep. great, Sam was the best director. Sam, and like this and that. And, that, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, this sound was ruined on this take, so we're going to use this. And then the editor comes in and the ed- I'm telling you, editors... Uh, young directors, now that I'm the second, I feel like they're all sitting there with their pens and pencils. That's like, right. Yeah, taking notes. Um, but I, notes. young directors, take note. Find an editor, editor that gets you and that is in alignment with you. When you I, I mean, I don't know how that all works. I, I know that once you get to a certain level, you can bring in your own editor. But just find people, like you're saying, that all want to be there, that, are, that, that aren't, that, that are, tell, are telling the same kind of story. Because I'm sure. telling you, I have seen editors make me look awesome way better than I definitely was for sure and I have seen them like not and again it's not about me it's for the story but I'm just saying you know unless you're number one on the call sheet I've also seen just editors make or break something sure and no pressure on them but like you have to have a good I found that the things that work the best are like you were saying earlier with the with Farley like everybody wanted to be there all the crew that really is everyone should try and be like Cassavetes which is a, in the sense of like you find your group mm-hmm. and that's your group. Mm-hmm. And when you when you find your group along the way doing the jobs you have to do, remember those people. Keep in touch with them because I'll tell you, working on something like that with Stephen Conrad, that's what he's done. He brings all – he uses the same people mm-hmm. as much as he can. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you what, it was a, it was a camp I didn't want to leave. It was like a, the best summer camp I never attended. Like honest to God, it was – and, and, and something happens when you have that kind of – yeah, camaraderie and chemistry because I'm telling you, the fa- I, I have no patience for any other actor on this planet that has an ego when Sir Ben Kingsley has no ego whatsoever at all and you watch him on camera, you watch him live when I was shadowing and I, I went into it being like, yeah, I, I mean, Sir Ben, great. I wasn't really, didn't watch a lot of his stuff. And then you're there and you're like, I can't, I really can't explain it. I don't get impressed a lot. Like, I mean, I, I didn't breathe. No one breathed. Like, that's how, that is, boom, he is a server, he is a server <laughs> reason. And so I guess my point is, he, but if he doesn't have an ego, sure, then nobody should have an ego. And, sure. and, and But it also comes from the way that Steven set the bar. It, it the way that Sam Raimi set the bar. It, com- it comes from the top. It comes it from the top. Comes so that's top. my other point. It's just, you yep. know, learn everybody's name when you can. I know it's a lot going on, but like, also, the secret sauce to having stuff that works, you hear it all the time for the best, for the TV shows that end up blowing up, you hear it all the time for the mm-hmm. films, that it's when everybody gets along, everybody wants to be there, everybody's excited. You can feel it. Like you if you watch something feel. on TV and yes. you're like, yes. everybody was laughing or having fun on the set, and that's why yes. it's fucking great. That's why it's fucking great. And you can tell, and you can tell when it sucks. It's like... I don't want to drop any movies, but like, uh, like, uh, fuck it, like uh, Terminator Salvation, like that movie is supposedly terrible, and you can just see in it that the crew was probably miserable, that everybody was miserable, that it was just coming. And at the end of the day, it's 
I, I was talking to my cinematographer about it uh, yesterday. Sorry. You have to ask yourself a question when you're going to start a project, especially if you're going to do something that's long running, like a fucking movie or a TV series. Uh, right. What's that? You got to ask yourself, why? I'm why am I again doing for you. It? Why am I doing it? What is the reason? Why am I starting to do this thing? Am I doing this because I have a great idea? Am I doing it because I'm in love with something? Or am I doing this because there's this cool new technology out and I want to play with this new tech? Which is fine. There's no wrong answer, but, you, but you're so right, Mike. You have to have that. Or is it, we want to make money? It's like, which one of these things is, is fueling the scenario? Because if it's that you love it, and I feel like with a lot of Sam Raimi's older movies, they had to fucking love it for everything they were going yeah. through. So if you love it, I can get you pumped. Like if, I, if you and I sit down and I pitch you on something that I'm fucking pumped about and I like it and I have this character that I really like, you'll be excited. You'll be bouncing off the fucking Because it's, it's palpable. Yeah, exactly. That, that passion. Like, that's what you want. But if I come in and I'm like, yeah, I got this gig. You want a gig? I got a, I got a job. You want to work on this job? You need some money today? All right, cool. Let's go do this fucking job. You know what I mean? And then. But that's also, I guess I just want to say, like, that could be, it's okay as long as that's, everyone is on the same page of that. It's like, look, we need to do this so that I can make the thing I really want. Exactly. And that's when you're like, look, so I can't maybe pay you that much on this one or we can't make this much. But if we do this right and we do the work to get the thing we really want to do, you're coming with me. I think it's it's a very um, important thing you're bringing up because Mm -hmm. I think people don't want to be honest with themselves. And I think, well, there's you know, a mistake that, and this is what the show kind of hopefully does is that I, I wanted to just sort of erase the fucking mystique. I wanted to get rid of the Instagram filters. I wanted to do all that crap Yeah. because from the outside, it's like, what is directing? What is making movies? Yeah. Oh, I get to be a God. I get to be the guy that has all the answers. I get to be the woman that knows everything. I get to be this actor that everybody fucking adores mm-hmm. and all that kind of shit. But at the end of the day, it's none of that. It and is literally none of that. None of that. It's like the most... Is the most tedious, soul-sucking, fucking unappreciative (laughs) task that you will ever want to do. And guys, let that takeaway be, so you better make sure you fucking love it. Because let me tell you, I have seen this, the people, the Instagram culture, I don't want to, you know, I'm not saying all the you youngins, but (laughs) it has the YouTube generation, the YouTube generation, when that where like now people quote unquote become mm-hmm. famous from YouTube. Mm-hmm. If that's what you want, by all means. But that is not the that is not going to serve you, um, because if you don't, you can't be you can't be results based. Mm-hmm. If you are, if you are doing something because you want the because of the result, right. Well, if I do this, if I do this, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to, no, no, that's one thing that I preach always because I see it more and more. It's like you before, like what you said, ask the question. Why? And the big, big, big question is why are you doing this in general? The only answer can be because I have to. Right. I can't do anything else. And even if it, like, and let me tell you, I'm somebody, I didn't start doing this full, like full time. For the first time in my life, after 15 years, was when I did Evil Dead. And now I, I'll tell you again, it, it also, this business does, just because you get to a thing. Doesn't mean you I did, Yeah, there. no, um, hello. Now I'm back and looking, I'm like, well, maybe I could, during the slow time, could maybe go back and, you know, be an assistant or something. I'm like, I mean, <laughs> who would have thought? 
I thought once you get to a certain point of like, oh, like in a video game. Mm-hmm. Oh, I graduated the next level on yeah. Mario Brothers. Great. Yeah. No, no. You can just be kicked down to the bottom for no reason. That's what this whole business always is. Yeah. That's what you're only as, what are the, all those like the golden era Hollywood? You're only as good as your last picture. Yes. Which, you know, but, but so my point is just because even when you think, and this was advice I got, like the thing that you think is going to make you so happy well, once I get this job, once I work with this exactly, actor, exactly. let me exactly. tell you, it's not, and I was exactly. told that and I was like, yeah, but it's going to be kind of nice to like not have to work at a bar. And it is, but he's right. I, the, Jeff Garland told me that a long time ago um, when I worked on the radio, he gave me some really solid advice that I didn't understand. I mean, I did. I thought I understood it until I, I, you go through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everyone really should believe it. Yeah. it would Because it's, I'm telling you, it's a fact. It isn't. The thing, you might solve some things in the meantime, but then you get there and you're like, okay, well, why don't I, why is not everything so much better now? It's like more money, more problems, you know, more, you get the dream job. Now there's more things because then all of a sudden, then what happens if you get the dream job and you never work again? Sure. Which is a very real possibility. Would you rather, you know, those are things you have to ask yourself. Would you be okay with never getting that dream job, never achieving what you set out to achieve, but being consistently working Mm -hmm. and being okay and being comfortable? Or do you only want to go for this if you get that? Because um, I think that's when you love it, it really is, yeah, I hope that I make this and Mm -hmm. I hope that this happens and I'm going to bust my ass every day to make every possibility come true for me that I can get to that point. But if I don't, that's okay too in the end because I have to do this. And that's, that's what I have tried to preach to people is only do things that excite your spirit because nothing is guaranteed. And that cheesy line people always say, it's the journey, not the destination. I've heard that my whole life. And I'm like, yeah, this journey's great. Yeah, no, it's gone broke. I'm eating, you know, ramen noodles for a week. No, it's fucking great. Sure, yeah, the journey. Let me tell you. And then all my, what I thought were my dreams came true. And, and it's suddenly like you, you're like, oh, that's, that's what they mean. Because, because then you have to wake up the next day. And exactly. it's not, it's not like the high of the day you find out you get that yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the hardest part about, I mean, it's the same thing on our end, man. It's the hardest thing in part this, about this business is that it is so manic depressive. Like it's so, it's mm-hmm. so, like you're like, you get that phone call and it's like, hey, we're going to do this fucking thing. You're like, yes, we're going to do this fucking, no, we're not going to do this thing. Oh my God. And so you're doing this ride. And when you say the journey, whenever you hear these f- stupid fucking quotes where you see them on people's shirts, like it's a journey, not that yeah. dance. And you're just like, what the fuck does that mean? I think if you break that down and you look at it and you go, look, this is what I've always preached. Enjoy the process. Look around, see what's happening. Enjoy it. Because I haven't told you the story and this is something we can talk about off air. And I've talked about it on the show before, but reason 12 came, came to light was because I, I literally almost died. Cracked my skull. It was in, Oh my God. Like it was really? a, it was a big thing. I need to hear this. One yeah. Time. And so, uh, oh when you're at the, left the fucking deathbed and the whole fucking thing and you're, you're sort of approaching the end, you sit there and what do you remember? Do I sit there and remember, Hey, I remember when I made this movie and I remember when I got accolades for this and I got an award for that. No, I remember the bullshit weird things. Like you remember when I did that location scout to a fucking closed power plant on a fucking Tuesday morning? <laughs> That was weird. And remember when we went on that trip and we went and met that person that fed us that food? Mm. Remember how good that fucking food was? Those are the things. And after that, I came out of it and I was like, 
holy shit, I don't care about the, sure, I care about the final product, but, but I don't, I'm not doing it for the final product. I'd much rather be in the scenario in which people want to finance my shit so that I can continuously live this crazy fucking life. And there is your answer. So I would say to you, keep doing what you're doing. And because you answered it that way. And I, I'm so excited um, that you shared that story because I, I wanted to, I never got to bring this up. I love your title of this, of this podcast. Oh, thank Enjoy you. the process. Cause that about enjoy the journey. And then you're right. It's about breaking it down because um, that's the other thing you look at people and some people do have it. So quote unquote easier. They, mm -hmm. they, they haven't had to struggle for 15 years. Sure. They got lucky and they might be less talented than you. They might be more talented. They might be as much, but it's one of those things. Just, you're like, why does that person? And you know, and not these other 10 people I know, but the, the thing is, it's almost like, um, an interesting gift. It's like the, it's, it's every movie we love. It's the theme of, you know, Rocky and any underdog story is the more that difficult your journey mm -hmm. is. I am now just learning this in a real way. <laughs> the more difficult your journey is, the sweeter the high of when you get even close to some, something that, 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 pats you on the back in mm -hmm. life. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It's like, it totally does. Because when you don't have to work for something, think of it. If someone right now, you know, just handed you, uh, you the know, keys a to a fucking Ferrari, like you don't like, even know. Oh my yeah, you'd be stoked. Yeah. But then you go out and you do fucking like, uh, you burn it around the corner and like throw it into a fire hydrant. Or like, I mean, and not, yes, shit? probably, but yeah, not even, it's more about shit? like, I still would argue that to, to somebody who has wanted that Ferrari for 20 years and has slaved and worked and worked multiple jobs and mm -hmm. and not gone on vacations and because all they did was wanted to uh, afford this car. That person, when they drive that car, is going to feel a deeper and and more connection, encompassing to joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than yeah. the person who didn't have to work as hard. So I, yeah. I, that's up to their own. Everybody, you know, that's that's up to you. I'm just saying to everybody. Everyone's journey is different, but I'm just saying, don't look, have blinders on. Don't worry about who's getting the easier shot. Cause like I said, they could fizz out tomorrow. But also like you said, Mike, that is the best advice you can give people. The name of this podcast, enjoy the process. And that doesn't mean on the worst days to be like, no, this is great. It's no. not, you don't need to do that. You're just saying like, when you have that life or death moment, yep. you are looking What are you going to remember? And you what are, you are laughing at the like, the reason those victories taste so sweet is mm -hmm. from the bullshit that then when you get to the point where everything's on the line and you're on your, you know, life or death, yeah. that you think, oh my God, remember when we did that film that was with a crew and we were there 18 hours and we almost fell off the cliff and Bob <laughs> almost died. Oh my God. And we were, and that she got hypothermia. He got yeah. a pen in his eye. And you start remembering the, the traumas of it in the way of like your war wounds. Exactly. And you are so right. You're not sitting there being like, remember when I won that award and I was standing there. No. You don't. You no. remember the... Things the crazy that you have done. You crazy like uh, I did. Right. A, I did a film years ago, and it's like remember the two crackheads that came out of the house next door to us in the middle <laughs> of a thunderstorm, and they set up a kiddie pool and put metal chairs and a radio in a kiddie pool while the lightning was streaking oh through God. the sky. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Remember those? I wonder if they're still alive. You know, it's like that kind of shit. And and then what, what you were saying, I, I talk about this a lot too. Uh, it's all about for me. It's it's toolbox. I call it a toolbox. Yes, very, very good word. And and so 
when you go through these trials and tribulations, because that's essentially it, you're being tested. You go through this, whether you're an actor, you're a director, whatever the fuck you are. Uh, you, when you go through shit and you do stuff the wrong way or the thing, the, the thing doesn't work out the way you want it to, you learn three times as much. And I find right. that if I go do something that doesn't work out the way I want it to, my toolbox is bloated with new techniques and new tricks and new things that I want to do and that I don't want to do. And the thing that's fascinating, we don't have to go too far down this, this hole. We've talked about it on the show recently. The fascination that our culture has, the business culture has, with making icons out of children, like tiny kids that are doing shit, that get put on such a high fucking pedestal, and they don't have those life experiences, and they don't have that stuff. They're easier to manipulate, and that's a whole other conversation. But then you hit that point where it's like, are you just a flash in a pan because you literally haven't had any life experiences before you have the opportunity to start telling stories to people? And then what are the stories that you're telling to people based upon that? And sure, there's a fascination in that world where you're living as a celebrity or you're trying to figure these figure these things out. But I always go back to fucking Metallica because you're a metal fan. Go back and you look at Metallica. In the early days of Metallica when they were doing this shit, they're on the road and they're fucking tough and they're mean and they're doing the tour thing and it's all about joining the family and being a part of the band and that's their thing. Then after they did the Black Album and then they started getting into the Load album, the Reload album, and they were making loot, and it was all about like Range Rovers and taking their kids to fucking private school. Like, what does Metallica have to fucking rage about at that point? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's, it's an interesting thing, and I'm not judging them. I'm just trying to say that right. if you're a person that takes longer, if you're not, so, if you're not the, the niece of a movie producer, or you're not someone that's getting put in, in these positions, look at that struggle as ammunition look it's at that gift, struggle yeah. as a gift it's a fucking good term making you who you are it's your gift and that it's goddamn your- toolbox that you're gonna have where you're sitting there and you're just in a room and you and i are trying to figure out a scene and there are fucking 50 fucking crew people around us and i'm like there was this thing i did with my brother when i was home and it was two of us mm-hmm. we had a camera what if we just do that and That's then it's it. just like boom you, you know people don't become martin scorsese because they're martin scorsese those are all his life experience same with tarantino same with with um boon jong ho all of those people Everything you are and everything you do comes from your life experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I love everything you're saying with the toolbox. And I would honestly, I would even take it a step further. The one thing I, I have also learned, although it's hard for me to necessarily remember it on the uh, all the days, but I think that this is pretty true. And I think if everyone looks at their own lives, honestly, from, from when you were kids, think of, uh, and also other people's lives, <clears throat> that the things that you said don't, that don't go your way. Um, first of all, there are like you, I'm going to piggyback on what you said. And, and there is no mistake there. You don't make mistakes. They're only, um, lessons. Mm -hmm. And truly I, you do actually learn more. It's a fact. It's like a scientific fact. Like if you're learning how to drive and you smash into a wall, you're going to learn what not to do way sooner than if you almost hit the wall. Does that make sense? Totally does. You're going to be a little bit more careless. You're like, well, I missed it that time. You're that's a dumb analogy but you know what I mean you're getting all those like specifics yeah right but so um you said if it doesn't turn out the way you want because again this the oh this has been a lifelong struggle for me personally as a control freak but especially I've had no choice in this business you cannot have an attachment to the outcome no matter what that's why I'm saying you can it's good to be honest and say I'm doing this for the money I'm doing this for this but if you are in this business 
because I, you really, the, the bottom line is you just want to be a well-known, respected director. You just want to be a well-known, respected actor, or icon, whatever. That's not the right answer because that's putting all of your uh, attention on the outcome that you are not in control of even a little bit, no matter how good you are. Some mm. of the most brilliant, talented people like we were talking about um, are not working. So mm. it doesn't matter. Mm. But I also would venture to say that if it doesn't turn out the way you think it does, that actually is a blessing in disguise. I, I learned that when I read the, um, the Alchemist forever ago. Got it. It's, I don't even. That's probably so not cool to to, to mention, but it's true. <laughs> Paolo Co- Coelho, and I just like the perspective of it because it's that lily pad. Think of your life. That's what I was saying. Think of anything in your life, not even in this business, where you can remember something went quote unquote wrong. Yeah. The complete opposite of like you wanted to get into the school and you didn't. You asked this girl out and you did. And I beg of you to to tell me that it's not true that because that happened was the lily pad to get you to this thing. You know what I mean? Like if you hadn't gotten rejected from that school, you would have never gone to this one. You would have never met that person and never done this and never learned that you like this. And then I'm just saying, so don't, so that's a, that is, and that's not just a bullshit like, Feel better. Look on the positive side. No, I don't know why I keep doing this voice. I was like, it's like some with some weird voice that was like a some. It was like blended from Sam Raimi, but Sam Raimi does not talk like this. <laughs> Sam is Sam is a little bit more soft spoken, a little bit more like this. Um, but um, he, yeah, I, I I think I don't know why I do that voice, but um, it was it really is about it's a it's a fact, and I think that once you go through it enough and you sure. realize in because it's the trick is having. The hi- hindsight is 2020. Mm-hmm. The trick I, I'm trying to master is having the hindsight before the 2020. Having the, oh, so you know right. what I mean? You're you're uh, you're a visionary at that point. You're uh, you're uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, psychic. Psychic. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna give you shit. Yeah, I was gonna look, I actually it. am. I knew your yeah. word. <laughs> but you know, it's that it's, <laughs> um, it's that moment of like, okay, if I don't get this job, like it's just being okay with. I have zero attachment to the outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's my, set your intention. Mm-hmm. My intention is, I really want to work on this job. My intention is, I really want to make this script. Put it out there. But it, you have to really train yourself to be like, but I know whatever happens is what's going to take me to what, what is best for me and what, whatever level I'm, sorry, I keep hitting the mic. Talk with my hands. Um, it's, it, whatever happens is going to take me to where I, I need to go. Yeah. There's there's a million ways to get from point A to point B. Just because mm-hmm. it's not the way that you're going doesn't, doesn't mean, mean that they won't recalibrate. And yeah. you should check the recalibration and just trust it because it might take you to pass that really awesome donut shop <laughs> on Route 66 that suddenly is the donut you're thinking about on your deathbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. There it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, I want it, like, I really want to do this. Like, if I had a car, it would come on here once a week for sure. But if really, I think I will we should come do, back anytime. Like, I think we should do it again. Honestly, yeah, do. I'd love to. Because I know right now that I feel like I've just opened up the jar and taken the seal off, and I mm, get, That's the one polite way. Uh, let's yeah. get deeper. I want to get deeper in that jar uh, until all of a sudden I'm here sobbing. And you're like, okay, just have some food. You want some more thing? <laughs> I'll be crying right there with you. Okay, so it's not good. a big deal. Good. It's not a big deal. 2020. I'm a, I'm allowed to do that now. I'm always allowed to do that. Mm. We good? Yep. Oh, it's perfect. Perfect time to come back from a break. You well, really I have want a mouthful of uh, lemon, and that melon's pretty good. That melon could be uh, a it's little good. bit better. It's not lemon. It's fucking melon. 
we were talking about how it's torture that you put out all this food and mm. I won't I won't eat while I'm on while you. I'm talking that's and you're I'm like that's the show that's uh-huh. why we do it uh-huh. and so I feel like I'm failing listener I have been eating but I feel like I'm failing listeners but I also just it's don't want to it's just tiny bites while you eat just have you met bites. me I don't take I don't do tiny anything <laughs> <laughs> I'm like <"Raw!" laughs> all right so we're back so um Let's. Um, we were talking a little bit off camera about just life and and uh, how how hard this business can be, uh, and how much fun this business can be. And I think mm-hmm. the one thing I wanted to bring up again was um, we're talking about the journey and how at the end of it all, it shouldn't just be about the end goal. It should be about the journey. And with the points that you bring up, the one thing I wanted to add to what you were saying was, I think yes, you should be in it to win it. You should you should uh, have a clear goal of what it is that you want to do, mm-hmm. and be hundred percent sure that this is what you want to do because it is ruthless. But I also think that while you're doing it, you should have eyes open and be looking around and enjoying this and seeing what other things that you're experiencing along the fucking way. Yes, because you never know what one of those windows are showing you that you go back later and you're like, you know what? I actually wasn't I even paying attention that, yeah. to that, and I really liked. I really mm-hmm. liked that, but I've just been, you know, focusing on this one thing. But if you're if you're present and you're aware of what's going on, and you make note of things that that tickle you along the way and excite your spirit, yep. Those you never know one when you decide, you know what, this isn't for me. That yep. that's a very real thing, and that there's no shame in that mm-hmm. because I think it takes a lot of fucking courage and balls to go in to do the the thing that most that a lot of people there's more people than that 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 aren't like us because i've had friends say this they're like i could be rejected once and i'm done mm-hmm. and they're not they're not in this industry so we already i, I always congratulate people who want to be artists or in any way um because you're already choosing the harder road yep um you're choosing one less so just say goodbye to that nine to five fucking gig it's a whole different game right and and it's okay i mean i can speak here and tell you guys i didn't this I, I've been working doing this on the side as lo- as long as I could because it was never enough to like just be my main job. Sure, um, to survive really. And I know people who do the opposite, where they're like, "I'm gonna go for it mm-hmm. and not and not do a, a side job or whatever," and that's fine too. Except that then when it does, they like put a timeline on it. Well, you're setting yourself up to fail because yeah. then if you're like. You can go into it for a timeline and say, "Hey, for like when I first moved out here, I had an I've saved up enough, I saved up enough, and I came out here during pilot season. I was like, I'm just moving to LA. Was before pass, but anyway, I said I'm gonna take the first six months and I could live off my savings comfortably. Yep, I'm gonna do that. Get acquainted with this town. Get acquainted with I don't know what to expect. And and I'll tell you right now, the way things were when I got here, I I had four or five auditions a day. To this day, I'm like, was I? Damn, I didn't even know how good I had it. Um, and um, and it's and I'm glad I did that. And I did put a time restraint on it because I knew my money was going to run out. And then there comes a point where like, damn it, just a little longer, just a little longer without the job. And it got to a point where, no, it's okay to have to then recalibrate. So I think what you're saying too, I want to add to that is like, yes, be paying attention to the things along the way, mm-hmm. the windows that open, the mm-hmm. things that are not what you are doing for the finish line, but they are these little side stops that you're like, I really would like to try that someday because you never know when it's going to come in handy. You never know if you might want to backtrack and go do that. Mm -hmm. Not even backtrack. I I take that back. When you might want to 
just take a different avenue and recalibrate. Sure. Um, but I bring this up because it's fascinating because you mentioned that you were shadowing a director. And I think that's such a fucking good idea. And I think that from a, from an just just to be a better actor, because for instance, true, true. For, that actually I didn't think of that at the time. But yeah, for instance, like uh, like um, when I was doing my short, I had uh, a bunch of background extras. I have this sequence that has like a bunch of background extras. And whenever you're dealing with background, talent, whenever you're dealing with background talent, it's always this funny kind of thing where it's just like, okay, your task is literally to wrap a cable, and you watch how people have who have never touched cables before attempt to wrap a cable, and how they interact when the camera comes. But at in them. fairness, can I just give them some credit because also they have the hardest job. I I love our background extras, and uh-huh. I don't even say we don't say extra background actors. I believe I said extras before. That didn't mean that. It's because it's, it's actors. But also because I have been guilty of like, where they're like, can you tie your shoe? And suddenly I'm so like, okay, don't do the bunny loop. Do this way because oh, it'll look no, better no. in the character. I don't want to interrupt. Ah. Your, I don't want to derail your story. No. I just want to say, uh, you're right. You're so right. Oh. But at the same time, we have to like- Where did she to- learn to tie those shoes? That'd be the first and, thing I said in the fucking editor. Look at this one. What is she because doing? Because I will say, like, and that comes from experience where, like, all of a sudden you get a moment as a as a, as a a background actor, you get a moment to stand out. And all of a sudden you feel like, this is my Tom Cruise moment. If I don't do this, it, 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 it just takes experience. And I, but I, I also myself have been that way, even as an actor to this day in scenes where they're like, just take a sip of water. And I'm like, and I, I will seriously like, do it. And, I will see a take and I'm like, I've never drank water like that in my life. And it wasn't even in character. I suddenly was like, well, I'm going to just put my pinky up this way. And it, it, I was like, why did I do that? Your brain plays like one, two, three, be funny or one, two, three, action. It puts something. But anyway, I don't want to derail so, you. No, so you're yeah. not just right. So you're, you're right though. It can be a very interesting experience and, and some are really get great and get it. And some, um, some, like you said, are, are going to try a little too hard and milk the moment. And you're like, I just need you. To sit on the couch, you sure. don't need to. You don't need to be making mug shots and you know. Sure, but okay. go ahead. I'm sorry yeah, to, to totally. keep, keep you on track. One second. Uh, that one died. This one died. Is that one still going? That one's, still going. That one's gonna probably die next. So just go to the wide and just leave it on the wide. Got it. So don't worry about that. Because right. we kind of did this last minute, and I don't have enough batteries for both. So we'll just go. We'll go to the wide, and the wide will last us through the back end. Yeah. All right. Cutting on the wide. Now that you know that the wide's there, you can work to the wide if you want. <laughs> I'm just oh, my God. <laughs> no, I'm I'm literally going to do that. You're gonna watch. This is what I mean. No, no. You're gonna be talking to Every the Every time that they shoot on my right, I'm always just like, what did you say? I swear to God, you think I'm fucking around. It's like, fine. It's fine. Um hold on. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, let you me were know. We're talking when... about. Uh... Don't fuck up the microphone, though. If you're gonna get all crazy about it, let me move the microphone a little bit for you. There you go. <laughs> Embarrass me. All right, you ready? Mm-mm. Yeah. He's like, yeah. All right, can I ask? Are those chilies in that? No. So those are raspberries. So it's dark chocolate and raspberry. Dead serious. You told me about your chili. Oh, thing. I did. There's nothing here okay. spicy. Well, I went, I went to the. That. I, just can't I went to the process mm-hmm. of making sure. It's good, right? Kind of. Well, yeah, you're my fucking guest, man. It doesn't mean you can't make stuff for you. Yeah, but and you're here. My family here. eats it all the time. I told you, my. Okay, you're here, man. I'm making so, the shit you for you. Have, what if you want some spice? Look how hard he's working. He doesn't get anything. <laughs> he doesn't get anything. 
He gets a good pat on the back. Yeah, that's it. He prevails. <laughs> yes. And you know what? Leave all this in. <laughs> Leave all this in. <laughs> so then... Uh, no, definitely don't. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, no, leave it in. Uh, what what we, were we saying? Yeah, we were about, saying. about, I'm sorry. Um, you were talking about, uh, let's just cut out my whole bullshit about interrupting you. Let's, <laughs> let's no, 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 pick it's it up good. from it's where good. you were saying. You know, you're good. working as a director and you're working with a background actor. Well, and so, okay, so here's the fact that you're doing the shadowing thing is fascinating because most actors don't get a chance to either see, A, I don't think they get a chance to be in the edit room. No actor. Well, unless you're. Well, so here's what's fascinating. So have you ever been in the edit room before? Um, I was not ever. I mean, it's not like I make a decision, but yes, I've been. Um, Stephen, when I was shadowing him, there, there were. I got to see a, a couple little moments yeah. of the editing. Um, Editing's fucking fascinating. Okay, so it is, and I, I yes, and I, I, I have friends it, that are editors, but I also just love. I love editing my own it, stuff. It's and so, oh yeah, okay. So but to be know. in a room, it's fascinating. What? Yeah, because I was oh actually on Evil Dead I I got I snuck in when we were doing I had to watch a scene in order to go because it was a very tricky ADR thing which we had to do so much ADR for that right because um, you're in there for ADR stuff well right. yeah so what I got to then it, there was one thing and I'm like can I see the 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 full it was because I just needed to understand it and they weren't anyway mm-hmm. and um fascinating fascinating to me yeah because because it's not always just the best take it's like yeah, well well it's it, this whole thing right so like when I shoot like if I shoot something. Uh, pre-production and, and, and in the beginning when you're putting together an idea, that's where it's the best. In your head, you're like, there's no restrictions. So you can come up with this really right. beautiful shit. And then you go into production and they start to break your heart and they're like, okay, we don't only yeah. have this many days. Right. We don't have that many days. So you go through all that stuff and then you go to the set and then you're dealing with the set stuff where the only part of piece that I ever have on a set as a director is when I call action. Mm-hmm. In that period, there is the piece. And then you call cut, and then the rest of the world is coming in to tell you why you're not allowed to do this <laughs> anymore. Like yes. it's always happening that yes. way. And so that's where your creating is in that environment. And then when you go to the fucking edit room, uh, you take a couple days off if you're lucky, and then you go into the edit room, and it all starts again. And all it is is a series of folders with clips inside those folders, and hopefully within those clips is what you need to make a fucking movie. Right. And so... Everything changes at that point. And so the stuff that I thought was the plan, mm-hmm. the shit that I thought was going to work, mm-hmm. you're sitting there and you start to put those together. And it's that combination. It's the simplicity of simple scene. What is the coverage for that scene? And what did I think was going to work for the coverage for that scene? And what did I think was going to work tonally for this scene? And then you start to get into the minutia of it. So you're getting into this bit where we have two cameras right now. Normally we'd have three. You have two cameras here and it's like, okay, so when do I cut to your close-up? When are you listening? When are we watching you listen? When are we watching me? And when do we cut away from me saying me? Do we cut away with my thumbs here or do we cut away with my thumbs here? And what does that mean? And so then you get into this fucking insanity of minutia, which is really fascinating. And so um, I think it's, it's... I like to have most of the actors that I work with come into the edit room early when I'm cutting. That's awesome. Just so that they can see. And if I find something, there have been multiple times where I've worked with talent, like Gene, who is in the Who's There bit. Um, and him and I are like, because of it. But uh, I brought him in because he he's one, of those, he's one of those actors that literally understands the edit. Mm-hmm. And so he's like fucking dead on and you'll you'll be in the edit room and go let me drag this take and you'll lay that in and it's like he grabs the hammer at the same fucking moment and it's almost uncanny it's like you're watching an alien and wow. you're just like 
how do you know? And the, the, there's moments where I'll call up people while I'm in the edit room and I go, you need to come down here and see what a fucking maniac you are. Like the, the ability that you have to do this stuff. But for, there is also for talent that when they come in, like a bunch of the extras, I wanted to get in touch with them and have them come in and just see what they were doing. That's awesome. And just be like, look. Good for you. Wow. Because, wow. because they're Man. great, but they just don't know. And they just it, don't that's know. Is you don't learn. I, that's what we were talking about with this mistake. Can I just, again... Man, I'm so uh, happy I'm here. I'm not today. looking for. I'm not looking. I know for you're that, not, but, but I need to call it out because we live in a, a time when there are so many shitty people or people who just aren't that thoughtful. I mean, I gotta say, I gotta be honest. I, I'd like to pride myself on being a good person, but I don't know that I would. I don't know that I would do that. I'm sitting there making my movie. I don't know if that I would have time to to go to do that. Yeah, I think but that's, that's awesome all part of, you, of it. Man. That's I all really, part of it. You know I what know, I mean? but but I just really commend you, honestly. Because that's going above and beyond. Everybody take note. Ah, shut Listen up, shut the up. fuck up. Shut up. Everybody be like, Mike, don't tell me to shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I, you're not, I know, I know. You're uncomfortable. I don't care. You mm -hmm. need to hear it. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be lauded. Well, thank you. Because I, you are, that's a, wow, what a gift. Thank you. Really what a gift you're giving to those people. Because go, and then to tie in what, what, um, we were saying earlier about the biggest mistakes or how you learn, how I learned what I was, how to, how to be a better actor was, was either filming myself and it's like by myself rehearsing uh -huh. and watching, which is awful. But it's also, I learned little things of like, when I think I'm being perfectly still, I'm moving constantly. I am constantly moving. Yeah, I look yeah. really, everything I do looks so over the top when all when I'm in my mind it's it's the most natural because in real life I, I in real life which I don't realize unless I'm looking in a mirror we're talking to myself which is never but I'm, uh you know I don't realize how overly animated I am so it's it's actually been kind of a joke because when I do it a scene and they're like be really really it's just be very still and there's a power in stillness and acting that's a whole other thing but either way there is a power to it and I am like, I feel like a mannequin. I'm not even, I'm not blinking. I'm not looking. <laughs> and that's how it feels. And I'm pretty self-aware as we've got, like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at knowing. Nah. And then I watched the take. And one, I was really like, this is going to be terrible. This was me. I was like, Groucho Marx, how many? <laughs> Where it blows my mind. But I wouldn't have learned that unless, unless the it. director either let me uh, watch, watch those, those, takes or once or worse or better is depending on how you look at it I would say better yet um when it was too late and the product was already out there and I was humiliated because I was like that I'm a I know I can that looks like I've never acted once in my life I look like the background <laughs> actor who's suddenly tying their shoe with their wrong hand <laughs> and like with their teeth where yeah, it's like yeah, why yeah, did yeah. I do that but it, but that mis quote-unquote mistake is it it is it, it, that's the benefit, you guys. That's what we're kind of That's saying, what we're trying to which do, Which is yeah. like, because I, whenever some director, because it inevitably is my thing. Everyone keeps saying, that was great. Can you do it a little smaller? A little, where I'm like, but I'm being, it feels so small. It feels so natural. The more natural I am, the bigger it reads. It makes no sense. So I have to almost like dial it down to where I'm not being natural. I'm almost just like very, very muted. But it looks better on camera. But I wouldn't have really learned that if it wasn't time after time after time after time of watching myself once my one-line co-star or whatever, two lines in a movie came out on TV or on, you know, I saw it and I was like, oh my God. And it stays with you. So I think they're, like you're saying, it's, 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 first of all, that's great that you're doing that for those people because what you're giving them the gift of is not 
first of all, if they're background, there's just like any of us, even if you're not background, there's a good chance they're not going to even be seen in that. Exactly. So they'll never learn. Exactly. But, and so beyond that, you're giving them this moment to say, remember how I asked you to do this? And then you did that. I just want you to see how it's coming off. And they're going to be able to see that and get them the featured part the next acting part next time. That's why, man, though. But not many people but do the, that. So I appreciate I, you. I mean, I, look, I, I don't do that for the for the accolades. I do that no, because... you don't. Ultimately, if I bring you into the other room because of that, because I like you, or because I like the way you look, or because I think your vibe is really cool. Right, and they have potential, And right? they have potential. Yeah, and then at the end something. of the day, man, like... Okay, so I'm going to do my first feature, right? I've been directing for 19 years. It doesn't mean shit, because I haven't done a feature. So I'm going to do my first feature. And so to convince... Uh, a studio to give me that kind of cash. A studio is not going to give me more than five million, straight up. If you're lucky, too. yeah, straight up. Like, so the, yeah, yeah. They uh, they want they want to discover the new talent. They just don't want to pay for it. Pay, and then it, when ever, then once everybody else discovers you, then they're like, sure, ah, name your break. Sure. So they're not going to give me that money. And so that at the end of the day, uh, I'm going to have the ability to choose a couple of a couple of name actors at a certain tier. So that's what I'm going to get is a couple actors a certain tier. And then the rest of my movie is going to be filled with whoever they can afford. And so what I'd rather do is have my collection, my fucking little, my little trough of fucking people that I love to be like cherry pick, cherry pick, cherry pick, cherry pick for a couple reasons. One, I think they're great on screen, but two, they know me. They know the shit. I've already showed them stuff. They already know what's going on. They already know how I use the fucking camera. And it goes not just with the talent, not just with the actors. It goes with the fucking crew. Absolutely. And so then you, you were talking about this before. When you surround yourself with people that you know, because at the end of the day, well, no, that, that not just that you know that you work well with is okay, even yeah. more important. I would say, right? So, because at the end of the day, this is the most stressful fucking thing, and you're you're going to be directing, you're going to be doing 15, 20 hours, whatever the fuck it is, ridiculously, and you're going to be there on those sets for a, a ridiculous. If we're lucky, three weeks. You know what I mean for that run of time, mm-hmm. and you're going to be going out of your fucking mind, and. The biggest dilemma that I think a director has is that if you're smart, you see the movie. So you close your eyes, you see it, you see the tone, you know what it is. So now I have to take this like beautiful, amazing thing and put it to this uneducated piece of fucking skin right here and get it out to you in such a way that you're like, no, I get it. But I have to do that. And I think when you're around people enough, like uh, my cinematographer, even my gaffers that I use all the time, I will literally walk in a room and go like, and they'll go, yeah, and they'll go and they'll do it, yep. and I don't have to communicate. And that is exactly it. people who who get they, they you have a shorthand, yeah, because at the end of the day, you're exhausted. You're but, like, but, ah. but yes, you're exhausted for sure. And yeah. at the end of the day, they it's to to not have to, and and that's why if you're lucky, not every, it's totally understandable. You can't always get this sort of way of doing it because you just can't. But oh, when I, you right. can. Right. The right. end of the day, you need somebody who has that shorthand, who understands you, who understand who is who you can trust to that you can delegate to without even being able to articulate it. Mm-hmm. And that is the secret sauce. That really, I've seen it. I've seen it. That's why partnerships that um, have been together, you know, whether it's a music, uh, what you know, um, or whether it's collaborators like cinematographer and director, mm-hmm. it's. Those are the ones, it's like if you're lucky enough to find that person that you just are, man, you're on the same frequency and they're easy to work with in the sense of like you guys can just, you don't have to be, you could just say, it's like family in that way. Yep. 
And, you know, it doesn't mean you have to hang out. doesn't mean you have to be best friends. No. And no. it's like some people can be, some people I, I've worked with that are just have, they're like no uh, bedside manner in the sense, you know, <laughs> meaning like they're just, hey, bah, bah. And, but at the same time, it, I don't, I don't need you to be like buddy, buddy, chummy. I'd rather you be so good at your job and be able to tell me what you want and me be able to tell you yeah. than to be my best friend and let's go out for a beer. No. Why no. do I keep doing that voice? But at the you have to. But it usually they go hand in hand. Somebody that you then becomes your 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 work buddy that then is somebody right, because you, you always guys go have to been me, a, and then now you're like right. Yeah. You've been to battle together, and now you start exactly. doing exactly. And you help you know you made each other look good. You should right. be around people and only surround yourself people that lift you up and make you your highest, bring you, make you better by being around them, which then helps you. Um, get to the level of your highest self so that you do that for other people, you know? And then this comes back to my initial statement that we were talking about, about, uh, you know, when do I get to meet the production designer? Like there hits this point where uh, I now work with actors that I will always give an opportunity to read for a movie, always, because they've earned it. They've they've spent the time, they've done the time, they've done the shit with me. So it doesn't matter. You've earned it. You've earned every movie that I do, the opportunity to walk in the room and at least read for a part. That's like you've dude, just earned earned awesome. that. So at that really point, nice. well, I mean, but it's true because I... But nobody does this. You're yeah. saying like, I don't want the accolades. I'm telling you, why do I keep doing that voice? I'm telling you, this is, I'm just blown away. Continue. This is so... Well, because you've fallen... Because, because you, it's, it's You been, fall in love with these people. Like if you're, I cut yes, my shit. So but I, I'm like you, but not everybody else is like you. So I'm just, it's refreshing to hear. But so you cut uh, your well, own shit. Well, I mean, until the, the guys that are producing my feature come in and they go, yeah, you're not allowed to do it. Yeah, and that's what I mean. That's yeah, what I'm trying to like say. It, it's not always possible. Yeah, like, but that's But that's try what to I get want. to that point. You know, and I put it out there to say that because if I put it out there, then that means they have yes. a good opportunity. But to you let the actors who have, who yeah. have earned their space, the, that to you come were saying in that they, yeah, come in to stuff. just, even if you don't think they're right, to like show and get up, show up and do something. But just because we've built, and I'll write stuff for actors that I know. Oh, that's awesome. Because you know what they, you know what they can do. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the hardest part about um, this business is that actors need to find directors because actors, yeah, actors yeah. at the end of the day are yeah. floating out there in space until a project comes along. Like you can't physically work until a fucking project comes. And along. you can't find your own because you're relying on other people. That's part, you know, right. Not, and you then you can the, you can write your you can create your own, but like in terms yeah. of outside jobs, right? yeah. But then the this is the issue with Hollywood. So then, as a young director, I can't do shit without an actor. Mm-hmm. And so then the, the 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 deal that I have to run into and the situation that I run into are the fucking are the fucking roadblocks, are the gatekeepers, are the people that work that put themselves in between us. It would be like if we're doing this podcast and I had to talk to somebody and I had to relay everything I'm saying right now, and then they turned, process it through whatever whatever issues that they think they have, aka how much money they're gonna make, and then they turn to you and they tell you about a quarter of it. Or maybe they don't turn to you, and then they come back to me and say, "Well, she's got no response." And it's like, and I can't tell you the amount of times. Yeah. And so, by the way, those the, that is going to happen. Yeah. I have the, the, time, yeah. the thing is, the only thing that helps me put my head on my my head on my pillow at night is um, is that the when it you the the people you're meant to work with. The, in, in, in the situations you're meant to be in, you won't be able to escape. You'll find a way. Like I, without, I was never, I never checked those. It was a, that was, that Crazy was, that I couldn't that. escape that. That was like too much of a coincidence. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like if I had never seen that somehow, I just believe this. I've seen it in my own life. 
a year later from now, you'd be doing your second feature and someone, someone, someone that my friend Joe, who I probably knows you all of a sudden it comes together then. And you're like, yeah, yeah. I wrote you a year ago. You have to, the, but so like, that's why you're exactly right. It's the game of telephone. Yeah. Again, it's out of your control. And yeah. so you can only put it out there and hope for the best, but you're exactly right. That is this town, but that's why you do cut out the middlemen when it's, when you've developed that relationship. Like it's just, Oh no, you're, I'm never coming back. No, <laughs> talk to my manager. <laughs> I'm going to need, I'm going to need some gas money next time. I would like my spread next time to be sushi oh, and, and, see, um, what you don't want to do. Steak. If you do work with me is you don't want to do those things because I'm the biggest fucking tease. Well, I'm you doing them. I the, want, I you want you to fly complete. in Amarosa rolls from Philly. Uh-huh, yeah, no. uh-huh. Oh yeah. I would, I'm no, I'm, that's why I listened to your episode about how to want to start out. It's okay to ask for money. Cause I'm the person that's like, I'll just, I, I will, I like pay to be anywhere. Cause like that I want to do, if it's something I want to do, I will sure. lose money doing it. Sure. Um, because I, I, those have been actually, again, the most rewarding. But like, you're a passionate artist and that's what we do as passionate artists is our first, our first reward is the ability to do it. It is. And that's yet that's why it hurts so much when it comes back and takes advantage of you and slaps you in the yep. mouth, you know, where you're yep. like, that was just, you know, yep. if it was like coming here and then it was a, it was like some, some awful experience where you're like, and that happens more often than not, not this kind of scenario. I just mean like you're, you go in with, you know, like positive gusto, attitude and, it, and yeah. And you're like, and then again, it, you watch it unravel before your eyes and there's nothing you can do. And yeah. it's, a, so I'm, that's why I'm just, that's why I'm complimenting you. So to make sure you hear like, Thanks. cause I feel like it, you can get so lost in just going down the path. And I'm saying it not to, to, to stroke your ego. I told you at the beginning of this. I'm not, I'm a terrible poker player because I can't lie for shit. Well, and people say, oh, well, you're an actor. Yeah, that's probably why I'm not a necessarily good actor because I can't lie. I can pretend to be somebody else. But as Dana, mm-hmm. it's like, now I'm what? I'm George Washington. Can't tell a lie. Um, why am I doing that voice today? I don't know what that is about this room. It's all your fault. That's it's right. All your Liam. Fault. Uh, but but uh, that's why I'm, I'm saying those things to you because... I'm calling them out in the moment. Otherwise I'll forget about it. And I, in that moment, if I don't say it, it's like, dude, that is unheard of. Maybe I've been in this town too long, but as somebody, even whether or not I work with you ever, I'm saying hearing that from my, from right now is man, I think it exists out there. Yeah, But I'm, but I hold you people listening. I hold the people you inspire. Take a page from that. It's what we're saying. Learn from the greats because the greats, uh, are where they are most of the time. Not all the time. Most of the time, because they're the Farleys. They're the they're the Rainies. They're the, they're the, they're people. the people. They're the good fucking people who have who to go above and beyond to help others on their path that have no benefit to mm-hmm. them helping them. Does that make sense? No, totally, totally. And I mean, and if you look at it from multiple perspectives, because I know that there are a lot of people out there that just don't value being good first so let's pretend like you don't value being good first it's also good business yeah let's just say that if you're just like no if you're a person that's like i don't have time for that or i have no like good luck in this business but also it's just good business you never know the person bringing you your coffee that day is the person sitting behind the desk in 10 years and by the way that's not bullshit i've seen that it's good i've seen it i've seen it but i love that i love that you do that all right right, let's move on (laughs) what are we moving on from so what well, I like, I like that you do that, and I like that you give those people. But uh, you were about to say though, um, um, I feel like I still for the seventieth time uh, no. derailed you. But you were saying about you bring, 
you bring the actors in because they've earned a place. Yeah, no. And then but you're, it, oh, I see, because you were saying about. It just all comes down to, at the end of the day, like wanting to, you're building your toolkit. You're always building your toolkit, whether it's uh, your relationship skills, whether it's your performance skills, always. whether it's your camera skills. And I mean, this is a, this is a social job, 100%. Like it's. My, you're my paintbrush and you have your own shit. You have your day-to-day kind of thing. So I have to be empathetic. I have to be able to understand what you're going through. I have to understand how to give you the direction that you need um, in order for it to be cool, in order for it to be A, a good working day, and then B, like a, a great scene or a good moment. And like we're studying people to tell stories about people and then we're studying people to get to help them tell that story about someone that we're studying. So it's this weird, you just have to be hyper-focused on human interaction and how people interact and do stuff. Well, and you also have to be hyper What I think another gift as a, as a director, if you can, if you can talk about a tool, if you can, if you can wield this tool, you just made me realize something when you said that I thought um, of, of a, who is now my very, very dear friend. Um, his name is Ani. Ani Root. Ani Root Pandit. Uh, but Ani Pandit was a um, filmmaker who's now temporarily taken a, a break from the stuff. But um, but he, you know, went to NYU film school and would never tell you that, but you find out about it later, you know. But then went to NYU film school and then got hired at Google to be some big wig at like 23. Like the kid's wow. a, a savant. And like one wow. of those people that's just a good person and good at everything because he's, he's brilliant, right? So I did this... I'm, <laughs> Fun fact, I met him at the bar I was working at, and he was his, uh, he asked me to be, well, he didn't, he had his producing partner, be like, hey, you're not, because I knew him, the producing partner, because he was one of my regulars at the bar, and he's like, I will have this movie, I was like, yeah, 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 wow, pick it, I'm like, yeah, you're going to tell the the bartender at this bar who you happen to know as an actor that you want me to do your movie, get out of here, I'm not fucking doing it. I blew, the end of the story is, again, guys. The most rewarding thing I ever did. I blew it off and blew it off because I'm like, I'm not going to do... Yeah, everybody in LA's got a movie. I'm right. not doing the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even read it. I wouldn't read it. And that was not like me, but I was like in a bad place and I was like, I'm not going to go with this. Right. And, you know, I didn't know. And I'm, I'd already... Also, I'd already done too many of those or like tried them and they were just a nightmare. But again, grateful for them now because I learned a lot on that. So, but when I finally did read it, I was blown away at how good this was. And... um. I guess going where I'm getting at, I just wanted to say that side note story uh-huh. is like always ask like if you he's because I the role that he had me play was not at all who I am and I said I didn't know because the friend I sort of knew mm-hmm. so Rob I sort of knew him because he was a regular but I, I never met this guy on and he said I I look he's like I just knew I walked and I just knew and I was like I distinctly remember I was such a bitch to you I was like so cold I'm like oh I like everything <laughs> like I was really like oh wow you're a director asking me okay yeah yeah I'll read it yeah yeah I'll read it yeah mm-hmm. I'll read it. And I, you know, he said, I said, but I, I'm that you have to agree now that you know me, I'm not that character at all. He's like, I just saw it. Like she was very, uh, quiet and intelligent and also, but also has a lot of, which is not be at all quiet or tell you, uh, but, she, but so, but a lot of, she's a little bit neurotic and has all these things. Anyway, the point was, if you have a gut feeling, go for it. Uh-huh. All someone could say is no, you might as well ask. Yeah. But then about the director, what you said that you have to learn um, you know how to how to how to talk to actors, and sometimes it, you just have to learn how to, like we were saying earlier, just read the, what they need in the moment. Sure, because being telling the story of the human experience and and studying human behavior, I will give the the best credit to him. He made an an entire feature for a hundred thousand dollars. Got wow. a lot of favors, but like really like 
really it was just we all dedicated our time because we again all really believed in it right mm-hmm. and this one day um it was he put because i had to work so he put all of my scenes into the whole movie and i was the fe- i was the lead the lead female uh in four days and so it was just boom 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 and um, we were shooting, uh, we actually, this was one of the spots we had a location for, yep. um, which was a, a, a bookstore um, on Franklin um, here in Los Angeles next to, uh, you, it was a Franklin Village. It's, it's very, you have to go see it. Now I'm drawing a blank on the bookstore name, but either way, um, we, I mean, people were there at like three in the morning in order to set it up because we only had, an, we had no time. Yep. And it was a f- two minute or two and a half minute continuous, or maybe it's four minutes, four and a half minutes continuous shot. We did, anyway, it doesn't matter. What matters is what had happened that morning was uh, the the hair and makeup person grabbed the wrong end of the curling iron. It was just me and her at oh. Ani's house getting ready. And apparently this girl never been burned before because she screamed like someone just cut her head off. It's okay. It's fine. But like she was, it was 45 minutes of me calming her down. We were supposed to be there. I was supposed to be on set and trying to, and like trying to, trying to help that. So, and I kept, and then we had no reception. So they weren't, she was supposed to drive me. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. We show up two hours late and I'm hysterical because my hair and makeup is not done. And this is the crux of this scene. And we are already now, we have, we already didn't have time. Now we have 30. And in that moment, he saw I was like, I was like hysterical. I'm like, you could just see, like I wasn't out. Sorry, I just hit the mic. It wasn't outwardly hysterical, but it was, it's obvious. It was like, you could see it's right below the surface. And he could have just been like, we got to go. We got, and ever so everyone else's energy was that way. Or like, and, you know, the DP was kind of, everyone's like, da-da-da. He found out what happened. He goes, we're going to go around. Take, we're gonna, you and I are going to go take a walk around the block. I'm like, uh-huh. we don't have time. Uh-huh. And let me tell you what. I say, again, I'm sorry for the long-windedness, guys, because I, I process as I talk, and I'm reliving this for the first time in a long time. Once he could finally, or maybe like uh, three minutes into the walk, and I was like, "We don't have time on it. We have to go." I know he's like, "I need you to just be Smart. with me right now." Smart. He's like, "I don't want you thinking about anything." He's like, "Let's talk about." It. He's like, "Can you tell me your favorite song and when you one of your favorite songs? Where, where did you like?" He really, and I was like, "I know what you're doing." He's like, "Dana, just you got nothing else to lose right now. Just look at me and talk to me as as Dana. And we're gonna not talk about the scene. We're not gonna talk about the movie. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite donut? Which and we did. And so I really was. He, I, I don't even remember what he asked me because I was so in my head. And he Smart. made the time because he knew if he got me out of my head and just walked around and said, Dana, I don't want you to worry about the shot. I don't want you to worry about the time. I go, but what are we going to do? They're going to open. They're gonna... He's like, that's not your job. He said, we're going to get it. You got to trust me. But you got to trust me right now that I believe in you enough that I'm not going to make you look bad. You're not going to make me look bad. And we're not going to leave here until we get it. And we're going to get it. So just can we just move forward and let's go do it. Smart. Two takes. Done. Smart. Moved out. We got it. Smart. We got out early somehow. I don't know how. That's like a fucking hero day. Now, can, and can I just tell you? That's and like that's something I day. learned because that is so. What he did, I couldn't do. That's a hero. I day. couldn't do. Yeah. I couldn't do it if it was my. I couldn't do it if it was just another actor and I was an actor in the scene. I'd be hysteric. I'd be. Oh God. Well, da, da, da. And he. He. I guess the lesson with of what you're saying is is to piggyback on this also to just be. Be if you're gonna share the human experience as an artist from any form, but especially as a director, and you are going to have a point of view about it. Um, uh, in order to to tell that story and to share this with 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 people, um, you need to be able to read 
and understand the human experience and understand the times when it's okay to be demanding and when to stand up for yourself and fight for yourself. And there are times when you can say, you know what, in order to get what I want, I have to give a little bit of, of, of some, I have to sacrifice a little something in order to take care of this person. Cause I need this person as, as you said, my paintbrush Yep. and their bristles are everywhere. <laughs> so if I don't let the, if I don't give this person a cigarette right now, <laughs> No, you know what I mean? No, and I think that beautiful. was a, but that was a hard thing to do because he had to choose and it was like game time or not. That's the fucking job. And he doesn't, isn't, I know. That's the fucking job. That's what I love about it, man. And and it isn't until you start doing if for all those guys and girls out there that want to direct, it isn't until you start doing that. And once you realize that there have been multiple times where I've been on set and I've always felt sort of like, what is my job here? Like, what is, what am I supposed, I have an idea and I have everybody here doing this, but what is, what is actually my job? It's that. It's when you do things like that. I yes. bet you he walked away and was like, yeah. Whether or not he said it. No, he told not, me after because we became, like, we um, were best friends after, after that, since then. So, because uh, the other thing I should mention too is everybody else, and they were all his friends because everyone was working for free. People he's worked with forever, made other movies with. You know, Justin, our amazing um, DP was like, Ani, we did it, da, 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 da. we're losing the light, the light is changing. Every time, sure. the more time we wait. So they're coming up and yelling at him and he would just go, I got it, okay. And then wardrobe, okay, well, we, da, da, da. and then, then the, the, the costumes are there, but our second location's here and then we didn't tell the actors to come here. And everyone else was, was because this whole fluke situation yeah. of someone not being able to get me to where I needed to be which wasn't my fault, but it doesn't matter because it's still now I have to deliver as if it is, right? And yeah. and it doesn't matter whose fault is anything, right? You yeah. just got to, you're all there for a thing, for right. a reason. But so, and these people aren't frantic people, but their jobs are now being affected because now they can't do their job because now everything, the longer we wait, the and harder the, the time they the have. anxiety is right. coming and up. And so I yep. think another thing, I, I'm just, all of this, guys, I'm realizing as I'm saying it, but um, I think another thing to add to that, um, Mike, is that, some, when you're like, what is my job here? Sometimes your job is just to be the 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 therapist in a way of not, I don't mean that, that's not the right word I want to say. Your job is to sometimes just be the glue. And sometimes it's not even about, it's about, look, we got, we got 10 minutes. We can either try and force this and it might be good, it might be bad, or I can just be calm. And because he could have very easily, because I said to him, like, I'd be stressing out just in the way people are talking to you, like, you know, everybody sure. else is stressed. Sure, sure, sure. And again, it starts at the top. You set the bar. Yep. Sam Raimi set the bar. Farley, you said, so the, the, they, yep. they, start, they set, set the, the bar. bar. Ani set the bar because he was, if he's calm, yep. everyone else would be like, well, he ain't worried. Yep. And he was, he told me he was losing his mind in, like, he was really stressed out about it, but he was like, I knew that even if we got it in, I would rather have one take from a place of here, of, of ground level, than two takes a, a below sea level that weren't going to be usable. But Makes that sense. took a lot. I was, I, to this, I haven't thought about that in a long time. You just mm. triggered that. So I, but I think that's a, I think you would be that kind of person. We'll see. I think, well, I think you would. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, you I, are I, very, yeah. so, you're Thanks. very aware of others. Thanks. And what they, you are, you're very attentive. That's another thing. You be attentive to what's going well, on. You got to listen. You. That's and part of the job. And if someone looks, you know, someone on set that you, 
if someone looks like they're having a minute or like, you know, PA is, looks upset, like, hey, just want to see, like Sam would do that. Hey, how's your day going? Well, because you know, all it takes is one sour apple. That's true. That's all it takes. So yes. all it takes is like one, it's like the source, it's like the source of mold and it's just, mm-hmm. and it spreads and all it takes is that one little sour spot and then that sort of spreads across everything like a fucking virus. Poison. And so, like, yep. yep. And so what you do is you spot that shit pretty early on and you just sort of get into it and you figure out what the fucking deal is. Because at the end of the day, look, you're manipulative. You have to be manipulative. You're a director. That's your job. You're trying to manipulate all these people to be there. And not in a negative way. No. Not like a, no. a bad guy Best, manipulation. Yes. Good, mani- good manipulation. But you're manipulating. And that's your, that's your fucking gig. And so you got to just be aware. And yes. I, 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 it's all good stuff. And I just want to move on a bit because I know we're, we're, we're tracking on time here. So I would say, let me just move this guy Uh-oh. a little bit. Yeah, how are we doing? We're bad spot. Look at the look We're at the good. nurse. We're good. Yeah, okay. It's my fault. I'm the one who never shuts up. Uh, it's all fine. We got like five minutes. Okay, well, um, I, let me ask you this because uh, we are going to wrap this thing up and you've given so much great advice already to I don't people. know about that. I was just telling you that. I don't know. These are things that I'm trying to learn for myself and things I've observed in my life and other people's lives and, and I, you know, again, I, I, I'm not always best at practicing them and I'm saying them for, as much for me as for, for everybody and for you as well, but... Um, I think the more we talk about it, the more we learn. And I do stand by everything I've I've said today. And none of it is necessarily coming from like my brain. I'm not here being sure. Oprah. It's things that I've I've learned from other people and observations I've made or other observations other people have told me or lessons I've learned the hard way. That if one person can hear it and have I know that the times when it stick it stuck with me when I heard something that was a gem of just that one thing you hear the same thing and you hear it one certain way once. And it sticks, right? Yeah. So I just, yep. I thank you for saying, I giving advice. I, I, I don't, I, I like I said, I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm floating along in the ether with everybody else. So just trying to keep my head above water. So but thank me, you. Let me ask you this. Per, I'm personally curious now. So oh, what? So you've done. So you've been a big player on a TV show, and you're at the next stage, right? You're at. You're you're potentially going to move on to do something bigger and better. You're going to move on to do something bigger and better. Then I also might not. We'll see. But, you, but yeah, yeah I guess. So then, my question sure. is this: like, what, what, what is? What are you curious about? Where Where do you want to play? Where do you want to go next? Like, what makes you fascinated? What What What, what kind of stuff do you want to dig into next? Oh man, that's. Um, because it depends on the day. Like, do you mean genre? Do you mean... I mean, like, like, wherever you are today. Today in the moment today, like, what are you interested in getting into? Like, where do you want to go? What do you want to play with? Today, just because it's, it's always been, I guess, there is, I, um, I'd really like to be immersed in a character, which, in a, in a, in a film, and, and by that I mean, um... I've always, since I was a kid, imitated people or done impressions and not necessarily well, but I've, I, I have always wanted to really be able to become a, a, a different person and, and idea, whether that's a character or a, a real person. But yeah, I'd, I'd love, I suppose, to be in the biopic world. Um, cool. World. Not that it's a world, but like, no, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to, I, I did, um, Long story short, we could talk about it next time, but I um, wanted the greatest, the greatest time of my life. I won't say one, the greatest time of my life. This was one of those things that like I lost money doing it and it to this day, if 
on my deathbed, if they're like, you can go back to any time in your life, what would it be? It would be this when I, um, which happens serendipitously, was not something I set out to do. Um, I was, uh, did an Amy Winehouse tribute band back in Chicago, um, from, well, again, it started as I, I, when I was on the radio, Twista, the rapper was like, you look like a little Amy Winehouse. We right? was obsessed with her. And, and then I won a costume contest and I never won a Halloween. I've never won any contest. And then this, my friend from college, her longtime best friend, um, had been, hounding her, please, I want to play Amy Winehouse with Dana, I want to play Amy Winehouse, and she kept saying, you need to meet up with Ken, I'm like, yeah, 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 no, no, I'm not going to do it, and I blew it off, I blew it off, and so in spite of myself, this is what I mean, the things you're meant to, there's an actor who said this on a documentary, but the, the, the things you're, the parts you're meant to get, you won't be able to escape, and the things you're meant to do, you won't be able to escape, because this, again, I, this is how many times have I told us now like I am not somebody that blows people off but when I know it's like I don't want to do it I'm not going to waste anybody's time sure and I tell them no sure and then sometimes they just keep coming and finally like fine we'll do it shut up I'll read your script Ani all right Ken I'll sing with you in my apartment tonight and holy shit you guys that's I guess another takeaway is if something keeps knocking man there's something, give it a shot to just see what it is before you decide you want to do it. Mm. That turned into a band serendipitously forming organically over <laughs> over a year that started with like guys that were just a bass and a drummer and a guitar doing the horns verbally. I just, anybody who knows Amy Winehouse, anybody who knows soul, there's horns like as in trumpets that are a major part of it. And so my guys were going, pop, 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 like Valerie. And it's like, pop. Ba, ba, da, ba. And we were playing gigs. Like I was paying to do these gigs just because we loved performing. Because for me, it was I who wouldn't, if someone came to you right now, if, uh, you know, a fairy godmother said, you can be any, you could be your favorite rock star and you get to go and perform it and yes, fake it right. well enough that, that even you can believe you're, you're that for a minute and yeah, people yeah, going. Yeah. And for me, it was just, I, I was doing it to share in the love of, her music, which I couldn't come anywhere. Let me just say for the record, I'm she's incomparable. I couldn't come close. Um, I could fake it just enough, but I could never. I, I'm still perpetually in awe of her um, and what she did. Anyway, uh, and doing that during that time when I was still working at a bar, still going on a. This was in Chicago, mm-hmm. losing money because um, I'd have to pay. Then I eventually like had because I didn't pay for the sheet music. All my guys learned it by ear. It was in fucking incredible. And I'd pay him and, you know, we'd play, it doesn't matter. I guess, you know, I mean, the tattoos were like $45 from the UK, which it was a whole thing. And I'd have to take off the night before work because I did And yet, um, I knew how, I knew, I knew that I'd do anything for that. I would do anything for that. When I was singing, I would, I would, I didn't go out. I didn't see any, I mean, it was, I took care of myself because I, that was so important to me. And I guess I've, I, and I stopped doing it the day she died because, um, I couldn't, but also uh, I didn't want people to think I was capitalizing on that. And the sure. day she died, suddenly in my website, we started getting offers from around the world. She wasn't, it was the day. It was an hour after yeah, she's announced. That is crazy. Suddenly all the things I had been pitching to them, I was our own manager. I, you know, do music festival. Like we would do like street fests and stuff with sure. all the other like, you know, what wedding kind of bands, right? Or whatever. And we opened for Kathy Griffin. Those kinds of little, they're like Joe Jet. We did like marketing, fun <laughs> stuff in Chicago. But like I really wanted to do, you know, because Amy couldn't come to the States. That's why. 
Yeah. She didn't have a visa, like, or she didn't have a visa that something went wrong with it, or what I, I forget what it was, some drama, but um, the that the media always blew out of proportion. My point being, I just wanted to share that love of her music. If mm-hmm. I just happened to look like her and I could put on the wig and the thing and really just like emulate her and her and I and her improv and her brill, she was so fucking funny. And just so my kind of person, like, just like, you know, doesn't give a shit. And I was, who I wish I was, but also just, she was, she's the 27 club. She's another, another level. And so the, the fact that all those places, Germany and, and France, all those places I'd been writing for two, three years when we were listed in, I got a huge write up in Chicago Tribune. We were, we had notoriety in that sense. So like the best, you had a tribute band. We just, we knew we were, we weren't selling any merchandise. We were saying, yeah, go out my, buy my album back to black. Do you know what I mean? Like I was selling her shit because that's what we, I wasn't doing it. I'm not trying to be her. Sure. I'm try, you know, trying to give, I enjoy being the, ex, the experience of being her. And I enjoy the experience of what the fans of her would say to me after in the sense of like my, I dragged my boyfriend who hates that rehab song. But after seeing this show, hearing her other music, He's a, he was buying her album and he would say this. He's like, yeah, I never realized who else, you know, all this other <laughs> yeah. stuff. So that was like, for me, it was like, yes, victory for that. And all those places overseas and all these things that I would, were pitching suddenly and the day that she died was like, so do you want to come? And it still gets me so upset because I'm like, man, that that's what killed her in the first place. It's that anyway. Sure. Sorry. Oh God. I, so I shouldn't then, have gone on this. So my point no, being that's, I've always, I haven't done it with, well, my band's in Chicago, but I haven't. I've done it karaoke maybe once or twice. She died in 2011, so it's nine years. Um, and but I I, I would lo- I I would I would if it, if the story was done right and I've toyed around with maybe wanting to write it, but it would need to be the real like the, the, there's a lot I studied that girl through and through and read and, and what I, I I just feel like I could, I want to share her soul in a way that I think did got manipulated and and not really even that documentary it's not was good and all but it's not really I don't think they capture really yet and Mm -hmm. I'd like to just I'd like to really to do that in honor of her but also I just uh, yeah biopic but then sorry god I'm like sweating talking about that but But I'd also just I think in any like if someone was like oh yeah be um <laughs> Charles the Great. I would I would slip into that. Like I, I really I like that I that idea of like being just, something just totally like, different than myself. Yeah, okay, got Which is why I think we get in this business in the first place. Yeah, but cool. then to like be that every day, like work on that straight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um that's that's sort of the world. But I I guess that's that's today and that's all the days. But um that's good. Yeah, I'm I'm open. I'm, I'm open. fascinated. I want to see it. Oh my god, did I just talk? For three hours on that point. <laughs> no. no, I really did. It's like what I do. Oh my god, that was a solid ten minutes without a breath. I'm sweating. You're fired. Damn. Yeah, you go out and laugh quietly. I've, I want everyone to know he's quietly trying not to laugh. All right, all right. Okay, but I'm yeah. So clear again, passionate about it. But that's yeah. I um anyway, well, anyway. that's it. But for the point is, guys, is I guess well uh, the 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 point is I feel like I say that a lot too. Um. Uh, that was something that was not ever in my plan. And what you're about, what you're saying is be aware, be open to the other yep. things. That was never, cause that was, what am I? Yeah. I would go be in a tribute band. I'm not even really a singer. Yep. And it was, the, and I didn't, I, again, I lo- I like went a little bit broke. Do I get, because, but I, I love doing it. 
And that was all, I didn't care. Yeah. It's like, why do you pay to go to an amusement park? Why do you pay to go out and drink beer or whatever? Because you like doing it. Sure. And so just be open to those kinds of things um, and see, in this journey. Because had I just been like, no, I got to focus on what I should do. I should be taking acting classes. I should be writing a script for myself. I went with what excited my spirit. And, and I can't always do that. I know it's not always possible, but man... Mm-hmm. I thought if I could go back at any point in my life to this day, I and mean, I've had some some a lot of lows, but some high highs, and that that nothing like that. So answer every call that excites your spirit, and be open to what is presented to you, even if it doesn't seem that it's the spot and the in the destination, you know, because it is. I think that's the good. The journey and the process. Is that your song that I'm going to write? No, no. The journey that is, is not the process. The song. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have an upbeat song. Nope. Nope. <laughs>
more to come on that. Fuck, I really would love it if season three was uh, was while we were doing a feature. Wouldn't you guys dig that too? Uh, so we're trying to make all that stuff work, and um, we got a, we got some other plans with the podcast. We got some other plans for stuff for you guys that uh, Liam and I have been working on, and uh, you'll, there'll be more announcements on that coming soon. Um, hopefully, we'll start to film these more often. It's just. Look, the only way we're going to be able to get to film these things if is, is if more listeners listen to the show, if more people are in it, because I need... Uh, he's doing two things at once right now. I need at least two more guys, plus I got a light. So it's a thing, right? I can't, uh, unless uh, we're like gremlins and we fucking drop ourselves in water and we start splitting. It ain't happening right now. So let's try to make that happen. And let's get some more sponsors on this show. So those are the goals for that. Um, but yeah, super excited. The weather's still fucking great. Uh, you know what? Winter in Los Angeles has been fantastic. And not because it's hot outside. It's just really nice. It's tolerable. And I hate to be that fucking guy. Oh, yeah. Sound like that fucking guy when I was on the East Coast. And I'd be like, that fucking asshole was just telling us how good it is out there. Um, for, for those of you on the East Coast, still swamped with snow. Still swamped with shitty weather. Uh, I, I feel you. I lived there for so long. Um, and, uh, yeah, we don't have that here. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm not going to keep you guys. As always, thanks to my buddy, Code Electro, who has been touring. And I've seen uh, clips from his concerts. They're pretty amazing. Uh, he, I think he's still touring through Europe. Um, and uh, part of his show is all of the video support stuff that I edited for him. There's actually footage from 12KM uh, as part of his video show. We actually use some of that microscopic creature stuff. So if you are in Europe, I know there's a lot of you guys from London listening to this fucking show. You know what? Give us some shout outs, man. Where are you guys at? Like, uh, I know we have London. I know we have Australia. France. I think we were just on the charts for France for for uh, Apple podcast listeners for France. So um, say hi, reach out, uh, and we'll show that love back. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. So as always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs>